Welcome to Knife Talk Down Under. My name is Jeff Fader, and here we are, and where the hell ever we are, with Kev Slattery, with Mert Tansu, and Corin. I don't know your last name, Corin. I'll forgive you, Craig. That's no worries, man. Craig. Craig. Jeff. Jeff. Fucking Craig. Jeff. <laughs> Come on, man. He's, he's not even. Look at a podcast. He's not even drunk yet. <laughs> even though who it is, I'm clearly not Craig. That's fine. Right. <laughs> so welcome aboard. I'm honored to be here. It's like six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning here or something. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Oh, you're in for a ride. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Oh man. You look as messy as you look as messy as us, but we've had a full day a full day <laughs> on it already. <laughs> yeah. This was unexpected. I, if I knew if I knew I would have put a hat on or something. Hey dude, how's your how's your wife? We're all good. I mean it's weird. it's it was fucking horrible. And um She's good. She's, uh, it was, it was a tough two weeks. We didn't expect it to be as, you know, she was, you know, a nurse practitioner. She, um, she was, expo- we, we've come to the conclusion that she must've been exposed to a giant amount of the virus because most yeah. of the people in her office were all sick too. So when she came home, I mean, the symptoms didn't occur for who knows when. And we, we were, she was really in bad shape for there was three days where we called them we called the, the paramedics she was like i feel like i'm dying it was really like a very strange backslide and then she gained her gained her her, her appetite back and and we just kind of slowly slowly got her back to square one it was it was weird because it really affected her differently you know she's very a lot of similar similar things like the fatigue and stuff like that but she's good you know they they she's back at work and and you know we're it, we got through it so we're happy how are you guys are you recording good. now is it oh yeah uh, well <laughs> don't oh. you think you should be recording you're gonna save that you got you can't you can't you got to record. Well, I've already recording. What I don't oh, tell, I just don't tell Mert, right? So we yeah. can catch him singing. <laughs> I got to get him. Good lighting. I can't, I can't, I can't. I gotta, <laughs> you want to, don't get in the good light, get in the I don't, closet. You know, when we record Knife Talk, when we record Knife Talk, we don't, I don't fucking look at those two motherfuckers because I, because I don't want them to see my face because <laughs> I might be, I'm rolling my eyes. I might be like, you know, closing my eyes. I don't want them to know. They can hear my voice, and that's all I need. So now I got to be on my tip-top shape with you guys. So oh, I roll my eyes and say something awful. Have, have you checked the screen? Yeah. Have you checked the screen? You're the, you're the rose look? here, my son. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm talking – I'm not talking about the look. I'm talking about the idea of – I'm talking about the idea of, like, if somebody says something that I don't agree with, I can't roll my eyes, and you, and you can't – you don't know it. Like a nice talk, they don't know – they hear me, but they don't see my reaction. For those who can't see us, while while Jeff was talking, that I can't, I can't like unsee it, and I'm chugging a giant glass of wine, which pretty much holds the entire bottle. In the same time, in the same time, Kev is chugging his whiskey, yeah. and I think, yeah, and Karen now Corn is about. Karen, Karen had to drop away and get a yeah. glass. I yeah. think I think Corn and I, I think Corn and I have the same hair right now. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. Anything. I didn't know we were going to have guests. I was just going to drink out of the bottle, but I got to get a glass now. Fine, whatever it takes. Kev, I was going to so say, just, who cuts your hair? Uh, yeah, no one, man. 
there's some there's some uh, there's some uh, inaccuracies going on on the top on my top left on my top left. Is that the it's sheep shearing? It's not looking good, mate. I would I no, would normally be wearing good, a hat too. I look, you look clean and young. You look clean and young, and you look like you know you're un you're unbothered. I like that side. See, I like the side Merce. Yeah, but I like my sideburns. But the difference is, a few days ago, I, they were like mutton chops. They were about yeah. four inches long. Yeah. And then my wife basically was looking at me and said, so she was just like, look, I know we're in lockdown, but can you at least trim the sideburns? Because I was sitting there absentmindedly playing with them. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I, I had a shave and cleaned the sideburns up, but the rest of it's looking a bit of a mop top. Painting. No, you look good. There's just like, there's just some, on the right side, it looks like you might have like used like a hot cut to, to cut some of that hair. <laughs> now what's that what's that movie uh, there's something about Mary yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, there you go now you got it going on alright all right. Yeah. this isn't much of a podcast we're talking about what do we look like so what's going look, on guys uh, well, yeah. have you listened to what we normally talk about you've got to understand oh. that there's not a lot going on yeah. other than just whatever happens right look I, I, I want to start by saying thanks to Jeff for taking this call and being our guest and last few weeks since the lockdown, we've been, we changed our format to more like a podcast. Yeah. Instead of sitting and just being all sad about this, all this lockdown, things are affected. And yeah. you want to have the environment like your friends are at the bar, at the pub. We're, yeah. we're just drinking. We're just sitting yeah. and drinking and talking shit. Oh, no. I, listen, everybody, I get I get all these messages. Eric Markman sent me a message saying, you know, you guys should start drinking. You know, <laughs> you guys <laughs> But he doesn't realize he doesn't realize that, you know, Mareko's, you know, three hours from me, and I'm seven hours from yeah. Craig. So when at six o'clock in the morning from Mareko, Craig's at three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, and ain't no one's drinking. Yeah. So I said that's the, that's the that's the Australian guys bit. That's we don't do that. Yeah. Logistically that's tough. For us it's just yeah. normal. Yeah. You've seen no, us no. at Blade Show. You've seen us at Blade Show in the pit. Well, I tried to find you. I didn't actually Whoa. see you. I, I actually looked for you too. Last year, I looked for you guys and I couldn't find you. Somebody yeah, wants to find us or something. No, but the other oh, thing yeah. which we've got going on is uh, there's a little drinking game for our listeners. Right. And every time I say, every time I mention Blade Show, uh, the listeners have to drink. So that's twice now that they have to drink. Mm. I think there's one for cabbage as well. But that's the yeah. top game. They they made that rule. They made that rule up, not me. Oh, okay. They made that rule up. So so, how are things in Australia? Well, good. We had rain today. Like that's yeah. fucking good. We had rain. Cold and wet deal. today. Cold guess, and wet here. Guess nobody's talking about fires yeah. anymore, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> that's over. Uh, speak, speaking of the rain, fires. Somebody had a fire my, in the fireplace. <laughs> my daughter left my. I gave my daughter my old iPhone so she can just play those stupid LOL games and shit. Yeah. And she came in. It's raining today, right? Yeah. Like, ah, oh, daddy, I left the phone in the trampoline. It's soaking wet. Wow. Yeah, it's it's raining. That's too bad. We're well, not used know. to rain, actually. It's um, I found out that my gutters leak. You know, I've had them up for two years or something. Now I know they leak. It's good. Yeah, that's you never know. You never you never fix your gutters until it starts raining. No one's no one has that type of insight. That that. That may be that the the uh, the, uh, the, the the concept and the illusion of what's going on in the world. No one's fixing their gutters until the fucking rain comes down. No one's worried about their pandemics until there's actually one. Well, 
I think that the gutters are about the only thing left for me to fix in a 20-year-long list of me saying, oh, sorry, darling, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. I compiled a 20-year list of things to do, and I've done them already. It's wow. very scary. What a- I've, I've actually set a precedent now that I, I am actually able to do things. Uh, it's a very scary thought. I I can't do it. I my wife's done asking me to do stuff around here. I, I redid the kitchen two years ago, and I'm still hungover from that. I can barely she can barely get me to change a light bulb. <laughs> so, are you guys getting any work done, or are we getting any work done? I I'm working from home, so uh, I'm running my business from home at the moment, and it's uh it's tough going to be honest. Um, I got yeah, but it's it's going it's going all right. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, video meetings, a lot of Teams meetings. Yeah. Also, also part of also part of your work is a lot of people know you as a gameko, the person who's selling all the knife making equipment. But right, your biggest biggest uh, sales of gameko is actually coming from the gas business. Well, yeah, that's right. Oh, really? Yeah, the gas industries, the yeah. gas industries where we're at. But uh, at the moment, there's no spare parts being sold into the restaurant trade and the hotels and pubs and everything. So it's down significantly. But yeah, yeah. but it's all good. It's all good. That's the pressing stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about something well, what else. Do you think, yeah. What do you think? Well, what do you think? Well, this is this is you know. What do you think? What do you think is gonna like come out of all this in terms of like, you know, because obviously most of you guys. Well, I know Mert. Mert is actually Mert is one one of the guys that I looked up to in terms of a guy, a guy who's making culinary knives who actually worked in the kitchens. There's not many of them. There's not many, you know, culinary knife makers who actually were cooks, were cooks and chefs beforehand. So. I'm interested to know from you, Mert, what do you think is going to – how is the, the, the food industry going to change in the, now, that, now that people are going to be a little bit scared to go to restaurants? So now I'm sure you heard the news in, in some states in the U.S. like Florida and Georgia, they're thinking about opening the restaurants. But now all of a sudden we have to change all of our habits. I'm not talking about from the cooking perspective, but I'm talking about the – the diner's perspective, they're right. talking about making disposable menus, disposable cut, disposable cut there and all that. So people are going to be a little afraid to go out first. And if they do, if they decide to go out, and they're, they're not going to be wanting to interact with the tables. Right. If in, in a Friday, in a busy Friday, if you manage to find a place in a good restaurant, you could be fine with having a table close to the other ones, but now that's gone. <clears throat> Everybody is going to be more more conscious about the personal space and and if you talk about the restaurant in, industry i don't think it's going to recover as fast as people hope mm. it's restaurants it's it takes a it takes a really long time to establish that business right and sad, sadly it felt like a however strong they felt it felt like a they were sand castles and a fucking wave hit him and they're gone right. most of those most of those cooks are gone and I was going through my custom list and I was asking like, hey man, your knife is your knife is almost ready. Sorry, brother, I'm, I've been laid off. Like, shit, go to the next guy. Right. Hey, your knife is almost done. Uh, same same situation. So it's going to be a while for the restaurant industry to pick up. But in, in hindsight, a lot of people really want to get back into normal. So I'm, really, I'm dying to go to fucking mall and go sit in the food court. I'm really, everybody now wants to go out. There's also that part too. So, with that said, and I was listening to a chef, a chef friend of mine. His name is David Burke. He's a pretty famous New York chef. Yep. He was saying, I know. Biggest, 
he was saying that the biggest the biggest thing for opening restaurants up, especially I mean, we're talking we're talking about high end luxury restaurants, is consumer confidence. Yeah. So he's like, if without consumer confidence, you know, all the dis- disposable menus aren't gonna, are, don't do anything. You know, you have to have people have to feel comfortable <clears throat> being in large spaces, and it started to make me think about you know knife makers and how is this going to how is this going to affect the culinary knife guys in terms of their focus because i i never really thought that i've never really thought that cooks buy custom knives some of them do but like uh, look i will say that the the percentage of people who buy custom knives i don't think it's even at 5% i don't mean think cooks. it's in, you mean yeah. professional cooks yeah i agree professional cooks who buy Less than, and, less. I'd oh, say, my, less than none, my none, hardly any. I mean, I've worked 15 years in three continents. I worked in a lot of the high ends, and most of the kitchens I worked were good, but I only remember a handful of people who were interested in spending money or why I had hard time. I had hard time talking to people why it was feasible or good for them to spend anything more than ten dollar knife. Right. That was the that, that's the general consensus, you know, and. With now, people are, I don't know, I think either way, people are going to prioritize other things and making sure they're keeping with the rent and shit or... Excuse me, people, excuse me. What are these two fucking guys laughing about? I see them both smirking at each other and I'm, and I'm wondering, this is a serious conversation. You yeah. guys are like, Whoa. fucking it all Come off. Come on, Jeff, we're professionals. Yeah. Oh, come on. Sorry, Mark. See what I, I, see what I have to fucking put up no. These two now, are, this is the reason why I can't look at you fucking guys. Because I, you're, you're, you're fucking it all up. Mert had a good thing going and you both fucked it up. Well, I've got a question. I've got a question on this topic of Mert when he was saying that he's worked in three continents. <laughs> oh fuck you! <laughs> no, you got it now. You got to say what he. What how? I, well, I just sent Kev a message. I was going to ask. This is Mert. not. A, this is a fucking audio podcast. Yeah, but we're well. not good at this shit. That's keep correct. it wondering. You got to keep the listeners wondering what the fuck's going on. It's the secret. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to so ask Mert. In in working in several restaurants over multiple continents, did the kitchens in McDonald's change very much in your opinion? <laughs> yeah. That is a good one. Uh, let me get one for the listeners. <laughs> Fuck you, Kev. Oh man, that was, that, it started off with such a serious question, and then it just deteriorated. Yeah. I, that I, happens. You know, it does. Back to just real, just really quickly back to what you were saying, Mert, is I, I, our friends, and this is a little bit inside, but there's this famous restaurant supply store in New York called JB Prince. It's where yep. all the chefs go all over the country to buy like their crazy stuff. And I know the owner, the CEO, and that when you go in there, they have, they got one of Morocco's knives in there. They got Morocco's knives in there. They have like high level knives in there. All those got all the cooks who go in there, they go for those. $25 Dexter knives. It was a very inexpensive knife. And I just, I'm very fascinated to know how this is going to change, how this global pandemic and the economic downturn and all the recessions all over the place is going to affect your customer base. I think also you have to come to, you have to realize things like, yes, you might want to, you might want to hand sand the knife, but if you're doing it and if it adds like a hundred dollars on top of your price list, then you're gonna have to consider your prior. You have to consider your priorities. You, you fucking guys, just where's your you dickheads? That's the that was a cat. That's your cat. Where's your dog? We're looking at the cat. Are the dogs outside? 
let's go back to the podcast. I'm sorry for fucking it all up. I, I, I it's, it, it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be guys who, I think it's going to be guys who provide value and focus on, focus on home cooks. who are going to be the ones who are going to carry through. I think exactly. Yeah. Boom. Yep. Well, you have a point, but I think this crisis, it's going to eliminate pretty much the, the middle of the road market. Either way, people who do crazy shit, crazy expensive shit, they're going to thrive regardless. Right. Because their clients, they got not affected and they've been bored with sitting home and not being able to satisfy themselves with anything. They couldn't take their cars and they, they couldn't, they could, they were stripped off their freedom and couldn't do a lot of things they wanted to. And a lot of the guys who were providing like middle grade of knife, like something, let's say 400, $500 knives, I think they're going to find themselves in a deep trouble. Really? Because, yeah, that's what I think. That's my bread I think, That's my fucking no, wheelhouse. That's my wheelhouse, no, man. That's, that's what I had launched my Hunting Valley Blaze too, but I think instead of need knives, like the, the knives that people need, either they have to be really a lot more affordable I think that's I think that's what I think it's going to come to. The, the, the knives that people right. need to, they need to be more cheaper, and the high end, to like thousand dollar or above, people are not going to be faced. They don't care. They're buying the story. They're buying the whole package. They buy the experience. They buy like one one piece of your creation versus you buying a knife. This is this long. This hardness handle is this. They they don't care about that. Well, now you got me nervous. No, don't be nervous. It, don't be nervous, man. It's not that long or that hard. We saw it last week. I don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. But get I think nervous. that it's definitely. I definitely think that it's it's even going to be very interesting. I mean, I've been very fortunate, but the orders are keep. My wife says to me, "So you still getting orders?" I'm like, yeah, I'm getting orders. So it's. I think that you're right in regards to people are sitting home and they're just spending a lot of money. So how does it feel in New York? Is there any sense like when do you think you guys come back to normal? normal life or is there a light at the end of the tunnel from your end because I, new york got affected the most yeah i i don't know man i i i don't know in new york city it's like from what i understand i'm not i'm like 50 minutes north of new york city that it's that it's like a ghost town like everyone's staying inside i i they just did something and i'm not 100 percent sure it was the greatest idea they just had the blue angels this, this uh this uh, this fighter pilot team, the stunt fire, fighter pilot team, fly all, all over New York. It's like you want people to stay inside, but then you do this go <laughs> all over New York. That really wasn't really well thought out, in my opinion. But uh, you know, I, I I don't know, man. Where I am right now is in this small town at Peekskill, where there isn't a lot of foot traffic anyway. Like if you live in my town, you really have to drive everywhere. So you're not seeing as much foot traffic. We see a lot of people in the parks, um, especially on a nice day. But in regards to oh, – all these guys are sticking their fingers up their nose. Oh, so. this, this is a podcast. Sorry, Mert's trying to communicate. I need to know what he's saying. What? So, sorry, I, I want to make sure – Kev – no, sorry. You're sorry to, to me. distract you. I want to make sure Kev, Kev will fill you in with the good news about the camera and the situation of the camera after you. That's what we're doing. We do the – Finger hand signals. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. I thought either. I had something on my yeah. face or something. Not to you. I was, I was pointing the ugly motherfucker at me. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. We're bringing you down a bit from your usual professionalism, but 
no, 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 no. I'm just not used to all the. I'm just not used to being able to see everybody. You know, so I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. I think that. Um, I think that, I think that things are going to be. I think that I don't know. It's going to be hard to keep people inside. You know, it's been like what seven weeks, and uh, you know, I think that the schools are going to be canceled for the year for sure. No, no. All the public events are all complete. You're, you're fading away to nothing, dude. You're fading away. Can you guys hear him? I'm yeah. Come, come, yeah, come closer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. good. Closer, right? Closer, right? Yeah. I'll put it yeah. right at this. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, we're all hoping for the fall. We're hoping for the summer, but uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's just nobody knows. <clears throat> I hate to speculate, too. Yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah, that's for me, it's from, 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 you know, my wife is an essential worker, so she goes. And then my shop, I mean, I get, I don't see anybody anyway. So I'm, from us, we're not as affected, but, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. So one of the things, Jeff, that I've been noticing with what you've been promoting, which I think is going to have that impact and that change in sort of the, the culture of going out, uh, especially for things to eat, is promoting your local area and I think with people not having that ability to travel well they can travel but there's that subconscious thing about you know people pointing and pulling faces and whatnot if you travel out of your local area I think what's going to happen is that um, as a as a community I think we're going to grow to appreciate the smaller businesses and the smaller cafes and the smaller restaurants and stuff in our local areas a little bit more Rather than going for the you know the five star hatted restaurants out in the cities and stuff, I think we're all going to start appreciating that and giving our business to that local area. I do it at the moment. I go and I, I go out and I, I grab a coffee. Our cafes at the moment, you know, you you can get takeaway coffees and takeaway food. You can't stay there, mm-hmm. so I'll go to my local cafe and you know support them still buy coffee. Um, and just drink it while I'm having a walk around and then come back home. Yeah. We're fortunate where I am. My little city here, the capital of Australia, Canberra, um, we actually don't have any current cases of this virus on hand. Yeah. But we're, we're supposedly shut down, but I've gone out a few times to get exercise, go for a ride, and it's funny. There's almost like a festival atmosphere on a sunny day. There are more people out exercising than I've ever seen before. I've got, when I'm out in my yard doing gardening and stuff, I've seen more people come past with dogs. I think some of the dogs in our neighborhood are the happiest they've ever been now because people are walking them. People come past the house, we're out weeding, and, you know, people stop, say good day, and, and, and have a bit of a chat. So I think it's actually had, the isolation's had that negative effect in terms of, a lot of people just feel like they're completely sort of locked in. The other side of it is, especially in your local neighbourhood, more people are getting out and actually realising there's people next door, which is yeah. not a bad thing. I mean, I I think that I think that I think I, I'm very I'm, we're, it's weird. I mean, we always I mean, especially now that Hillary Lyle and I have, have tested for positive. I don't know if we're we, at this point. It's been two weeks. We don't believe that we're contagious, but we don't know. So when we go out, we wear masks. I think most people, when I see most people, they're all wearing masks. And on a nice day, obviously, more people are coming out. 
Um, in regards to the local thing, I, I, it's self-serving to me. Like I just, I've been in this town for 15 years and I know the owners of the restaurants and I don't, and I, in my mind, I want them to stay when all this is over. I want them to be here because so many restaurants are closing down. They're not going to come back. So Absolutely. I'm trying to do everything I can. I, I think that that's obviously going to be the way in the United States. You know, there's so many of these strip malls with these, you know, groups and, you know, these, you know, these faceless, nameless, you know, businesses. When you start to meet these small local guys that you create a relationship with and they know your name and they know what kind of coffee you drink and they know your what kind of food. And how's your kid? And how's your these are the this is the way that these small communities are going to be more self-sufficient, you know, so. That's it's been self it's been self serving for me. I just want everything to go back to where it was, you know. Yeah, fair yeah. call, fair call. So for me, like I, I do the the only di- major difference for me is at the moment I can't teach classes. Right. Outside of that, I've had more orders coming in, which is, you know, my business mo- is mostly classes, and the sales are a bit of cream on top. Yeah. But I've been approached for more custom knives than I have in a long time, which is pretty cool. But the isolation doesn't get me until I actually go down to one of the malls or local shopping centre to do the grocery shopping. And then I get there and have this, oh, that's right, there's barricades up, there's spit shields up or sneeze shields, whatever they call them. There's tape on the floors, there's security guards patrolling, telling you not to get too close to people. But, you know, you and I talked about it, had a little joke um, one other time, like, the nice thing now is like I'm not into body contact that much, you know. So it's I'm actually going to feel a little bit better and normal that I don't have to go and shag or hug people thrilled. or shake hands. <laughs> thrilled, thrilled. Yeah. I couldn't be more thrilled because you know I, you go to the here's here's your chance for your listeners to start drinking. Every time you go to Blade Show or something like that, all you fucking guys they love to give the vice grip handshake, and it's so obnoxious. <laughs> It's so obnoxious. I used to be that guy too, and they're like, you, you, you're trying to give the vice grip, and it's just like, just give me a regular. I don't even want a handshake anymore. I'm perfectly happy. That was regular handshake. I know. I upset you. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crusher. Off the crusher. Yeah. Well, that you know. Poor penis of yours. I'm sure. It, I'm sure. It had <laughs> it's it it dried up and shriveled away that years ago. Penis. That poor penis. That poor penis of yours is like, oh god. Oh god! Not, a, not again! Not again! Crusher, <laughs> that fucking poor penis of yours. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't get a look in. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, Cara, I've been loving the I've been loving the Facebook because uh, there's there's you know I love freedom of speech and I just love watching the the people yeah. saying uh you know it's a hoax and all of this sort of crap and um the uh, the guy saying it's caused by five G. It's 5G, bro. It's 5G that, <laughs> and it just goes. It just goes on and I, on. I, I love it. I reckon it's fantastic. I, it's my entertainment. I was talking to a friend of mine, owner Caglar, dies in every film, and he said that in in uh, somewhere in England, they burnt down 5G towers. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. true. I, you know, free, but, here's the funny yeah. thing about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is is fantastic, and I'm I'm a I'm a, a proud American. I don't, I don't believe in changing the Constitution, and I believe in it. But for some reason, people think that freedom of speech means freedom from retribution from the stupid things that you say. And it's and it's it is this huge it's it's a huge it's a huge character flaw when you think freedom of speech means that people can't react to the things that you say. 
it's not the nonstick pan of, of, of information. Like, you, you know, you say, so you say whatever the fuck you want, but people have the ability to, to reply and you, and you shouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> That's fickle. Not totally agree. You know, <laughs> totally agree. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. So, so you guys, you're not basically, you can't go to your workshop now that you're positive or. Well, I no. Well, I mean, I can because I mean, I don't see anybody. So I'm, I, and so what I do is I get into my car and then I go to the shop and I don't see anybody else. So there's no, I mean, my, my shop is so in the woods, not around anybody that I'm not really putting anybody at risk or no, and no, and people can't really come to my shop. So it's, it's like, it's not really, I mean, I'm, I'm not in the position of, 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 you know, where there's a pile of people there and I don't have any employees anymore. And, um, it's easy for me to kind of just stay quarantined, you know, in my shop. So, Hey Jeff, what? I know you're not a big fan of people dropping in without any notice to your shop. How long are you going to milk the thing that you had a COVID-19? Oh, <laughs> even after I, the shit is I, gone. I've already <laughs> used it. I've already. I'm going to be saying it all the time. Oh, no, no, no. I actually had a friend of mine who wanted to come up, and I said, "No, man, I'm in isolation. I might have been exposed to COVID-19." I'm just like, I just didn't want him to come up. You know, I, I'm going to be using that shit through the fall easy. No one's dropping it. Jeff, Jeff went down to the local hardware store and bought a bucket of red paint. And then painted a big COVID nineteen and skull and crossbones on the outside of the workshop. People can't find my shop. My shop is so off the beaten path. You, you got to You know, you, I'm never. I don't get a lot of pop ins. You know, usually the kind of got the the funny thing is is I used to say this in the past is, and you guys might know this too, but for some reason, my shop was like the I was like the local shrink of the area. People would come in like guys getting divorced, guys about to lose their jobs. I had at one point I had five guys come in within a month. All of them were crying about their, you know, they're sitting in my shop and giving me their their sob stories. It was just like at the point where I was like, I'm not going to charge you people. You can't can't come in here. This isn't your clubhouse. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to totally, I'm going to totally milk this for all it's worth. I'm thrilled. I, I don't want to see. I don't want anyone coming to my shop. There might there might be a little bit of a challenge there. Here comes another drink. When we go finish up at Blade Show one year. We might have to um, take a trip up to your area, Peekskill area, and actually just try and find your workshop unannounced. Oh, you, it'll be a off, it'll be an awful experience for you. Uh, we've had pretty bad uh, experiences. You haven't been to yeah, Australia. <laughs> no, no. I, I, you know, when, when this is all over, uh, you know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you got to come down. So, Jeff, are you going to Blades? Uh, I mean, I'm not even thinking about it right now. I'm not, you know, I was supposed to be in, uh, in, in August, I was supposed to be in Barcelona. And, um, that as of yesterday, uh, Tomer, we, Tomer, Florentine Kitchen Knives and I were going to do that again. And he officially paid everybody back who had signed up for the class. So I, I'm not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. I'm, I'm sure I'll be at the Blade Show, but I mean, at the same time, it's going to be like, Getting me on that plane is going to be a fucking hard. It's going. Do you ever? Do you ever watch the TV show uh, when you were when you were younger? The A Team. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> when they had a they had a Mr. T on the plane. They had, I ain't going on no plane. 
I ain't going on no plane. <laughs> they had to give him a I pity a fool. Yeah, they, they, no, I ain't going no on no plane. No sleeping pills. Yeah, you're gonna have to do that to me to get me on a fucking plane. I think I'm gonna just like I'm gonna dress up like as if I'm going to grind coca ball. I'm gonna put my fucking full on face mask, trying to go to security like that. If I ever go on a plane, it'll be like that with yeah. my full on 3M face mask on. Yeah. The only difference between no, the only difference between you going through an airport with your full face mask and bodysuit oh, and everything geez. on is you're probably less likely to get searched if you are in full bodysuit. See, Jeff, I go I go clean shave, okay? <laughs> I leave my house in the morning, I go clean shave. Yeah, yeah. By the time I go to Sydney and my flight takes off and I go to California, I go to San Francisco, LA, I look like a fucking ISIS militant because my <laughs> beard my beard grows like half an inch during that during that trip. Wow. Yeah. Well, no shave this morning. I wear knife shirts everywhere I go. I wear knife shirts, and everyone I'm with gets searched. I never get searched. It's great. Don't know how that works. I, uh, I, I never. I didn't. I didn't like traveling before all this. I'm sure I'm not gonna like traveling after. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. We'll see, you know, who knows? I'm hoping. I mean, I, I'm. I'm trying to be. I, I try to be as optimistic as possible. You know, I, I think that that's the most important thing. Is hopefully something. You know, this will kind of go through, and we'll have some. Obviously, I, you know, I, I've said this in the past. Is I was in New York City during 9/11. I was in Brooklyn, and I actually saw the second plane hit the tower from the BQE, which is this highway that runs parallel to the East River. We saw the second plane hit at 9:20 something or other in the morning, and but we didn't think it was gonna. We didn't think that life was gonna ever get back to normal. And we lived down in Brooklyn. We lived in Warm Hill, and we could smell the we could smell the ground zero for weeks. And it was like you just never thought things would get back together. And then one day they had they, the Yankees played in October, a less than a month later, and things started to get back together. But it was always different. So it just seems as though things are going to, you know, there's going to be a push for things to get back to normal. It's just going to be different. And I just wonder how, what kind of difference it's going to be. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, so yeah. our listeners and your listeners from your podcast know about your story being working with the metal and from metal transitioning into the noise. But I want to go a bit back further. So how do how did Jeff, young Jeff, got into knives? How, what was the first knife in your childhood? How did you get into knives from the early age? Um, well, I, you know, as a kid, my dad used to give me Swiss Army knives. And I loved those, those little Swiss Army, those pocket Swiss Army knives. And there was a couple weird things. Like in New York back in the, in the early 80s, they had these like county fairs. And the county fairs would be like these, you know, these big fields. They'd have all these, you know, amusement park rides, and then they'd have these games of chance. And one of the games of chance was was uh, a ring toss onto these knives. So we would just be like, I'm gonna, I don't want a good fucking goldfish. I want that, you know, Rambo knife. So I was constantly going to these things and throwing rings, and I'd come back with like armfuls of these Pakistani Rambo knives. And I just, it was so, and it was, it was completely, completely 100%. Like, why would I spend $3 for, to try to win a goldfish when I can try to win these stupid knives? So I was like coming back with all these knives 
And I remember one Christmas, I was, and I'm talking like 10, 11 years old, totally not, totally not appropriate. So one thing, one Halloween, I was dressed up like a, this is so hilarious. My, 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 I wanted this werewolf mask, but my, it was expensive. And my parents said, you can only get it if you wear it for the next five years. So I was like, fine, fine. So it was the werewolf one year, and then I had to be werewolf something else the next year, and then werewolf something else. So I had like an army outfit. So I had to be army, an army, a were, an army man turned into a werewolf. And I had this. Cap- it was so stupid. Captain werewolf. werewolf. Yeah, it was like werewolf. I was like a werewolf cowboy the next year. It was like it was like when can I fucking pay, stop paying off this goddamn werewolf mask? And I was at my grandparents' house, and I was werewolf commando, I guess. And I was doing, I was like scalp, I was pretend scalping an Indian or something like that. So I had this this branch, this like uh, a weeping willow branch. I had it held, you held it like hair. And it was, you know, this very viney. And I jumped up to kind of cut it, and it went right into my knee. That the 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 Rambo knife went right into my knee, blood everywhere. And I ran inside. I thought they're gonna take this knife away from me. What am I gonna do? So I went to the bathroom and I, I rolled my leg up in three rolls of toilet paper and I pulled my pants back up and went down. And they were calling me, Jeff, time for dinner, time for – all right, I'll be just, right there. Just like, just like Rambo, just like First Blood. And I – right. <laughs> fucking two-plot. And now with the toilet paper now, I was going through like you know people's lives with the toilet paper. So I rolled up my leg in three rolls of toilet paper, pulled my pants up, and hoped the blood wouldn't go through my pants. I made it through, and then went right to bed, and I like rebandaged it and everything like that. And that was my first real serious knife memory. There you go. Cutting myself like and rolling, wrapping myself in toilet paper. That didn't. And fucking think- hell! So you 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 ended up being like a mummy werewolf then. Yeah, the leg. Well, the pants covered the leg, so I had one. Like my left leg was really puffy from like tons of toilet paper. Yeah. That's worth it, about four hundred thousand dollars this during the pandemic. Dude, dude, it would have been it would have been my life. It would have been my life. They wouldn't care about my knee. They would have been like, "What are you doing with all that toilet paper?" Oh, speaking yeah. of which, shout out to Mertansu. About two months ago, he started posting about how expensive how expensive toilet paper was, and I was like, "What's going on with the toilet paper?" He's like, "Oh, you have no idea." So I ordered. A giant box of toilet paper and my wife and daughter this must have been when was that it was probably like early january right march beginning of march no no no, no. late late, late, late january no february i think it was early february well i seem i think late january early february whatever so my so this giant box of toilet paper comes and my daughter's just like what the fuck is wrong with you she tells all of her friends my dad just bought this giant box of toilet paper and then when the toilet paper problem came over here in new york they were all hillary lila goes up to her friends she's like oh my dad i thought it was crazy but he was right he was right so i i gave i got street cred i got street cred from some teenagers because of mert so thank you mert welcome you're sitting <laughs> he said there was two ply. Make it rain, make it rain, make it rain. Yeah, yeah, we, we that was a that was a good head start. That was thanks to Mert, we had a good head start on the on the toilet paper problem. Isn't it funny those Pakistani knife makers? It's like a, it's fate. It's in, in there. Now they're haunting you. We're trying to steal your shit and <laughs> I wish I had that one. It was the one where the it was the screw it was the screw off uh it was the screw off like um 
the compass on the top. Compass. With the fishing yeah. hooks in the Oh, the shit, hooks yeah. Yeah. We all had that. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was the first big knife I had. I love that thing. My mate Marty had one. We were walking through a paddock uh, one day, and it was a 44-gallon drum, and he said, oh, I'm going to throw it into the drum, and he threw it into the drum and bounced off and stabbed into his leg, and it was that's where it stuck. It was... <laughs> got to get the toilet paper. Toilet it was paper a good time. day. It was funny as fuck. Toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper, toilet paper. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we worried about it at all. We were pretty rough kids, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't unexpected yeah. for us to come home bleeding and yeah. bruised. But anyway. in regards to making knives, they were the days. I mean, it was like I was a blacksmith for a while, and I yeah. The funny thing is, is when we were doing the, the if you talk to like blacksmith blacksmiths, they're not interested in the knives. So we would have we would have people come in, and you know, it was we were doing railings and stuff like that. It wasn't until I, you know, I'd been a blacksmith for a number of years before I even made a knife. I was just like, ah, I can do this. And it was very, like, it was a very easy transition. And, you know, like most people, like, you know, I had a cul- I had culinary experience. And, and then for me, it was uh, it was a very easy transition for me. So, boom. But I, but I like the Rambo knife and the knee thing. And that scar is now, because I've grown so much, I always look at that scar as down on my shin. Because it, this, it moved, you know, as you grow, the scripts. I got a big old scar on my shin that was was my knee. That's it. What are your legs like? Are your legs seven feet long or something? That's how it works. Well, you know, no, I did not know that. You know, Kev, we do grow a little bit. You know, I, you know, I, I know, know some You're some a big people, boy. Some people's skin grows. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of skin not, and not growing, like pen, not like your penis. Not like your apparently. I was about to say speak. Speaking of skin and growing, right. have you been uh, putting your uh, kangaroo ball sack bottle opener to use lately? That is a prized possession. <laughs> did you tell Did you tell your audience about the kangaroo balls? <laughs> uh, no, don't get off with you. No, I don't think so. You should tell the story. It's a great story. I mean, they all listen you to Night it, Talk, man. so they probably heard it anyway. All your runoff probably yeah. do it on Night Talk. But yeah, yeah. You no, know, I was at Blade Show. He brought me, you guys brought me, you, Merton and Kev brought me this kangaroo scrotum bottle opener. And the funniest part, and it was amazing, but the first thing Ballsy I thought of, I'll never get on the airplane with this because the point was very sharp. It was like, a, it was a bottle opener, but also kind of like, you know, some old school, like, you know, juice cans, you kind of pierce the tops. It's like a triangular yeah. blade at the top. So we walked down to the, the the Balder grinder guy, and the funny thing is, I said to the guy, I said, "Listen, this is going to be crazy, but I need to use your grinder, or can you use the grinder?" He's like, "What's the matter?" I said, "I have this set of balls that are too sharp to get on the plane." <laughs> so he's just like looked at me like I was a joke, and I pulled out these balls. I was like, "Look, look I got these balls with this." You know the sharp end on. I want to make sure I, can you just grind the the tip of this these balls off. So he did, and then <laughs> no, I I I the but the funniest part was when I was getting ready to get on the plane. I didn't check any of my bags, and all I had was like stabilized wood and this set of balls. And I was and I got and I was just like every time I bring back wood on the plane, I always get searched. And I was just like, oh my god, they're gonna find the balls. And then what do you say? And I, they opened the bag out, and I was waiting for this woman to pull out this set of balls. And I'm be like, there you go, kangaroo ball. So it's actually hanging in a – I'm always afraid that a spark is going to hit the fur, and all the scrotum fur is going to burn. But so far, it's in a safe, safe place. I love that. I'm, a, that's really, I'm, a, I'm afraid that's that really dog is going to get it. 
What? Your dog. I'm afraid that your dog is gonna get it one day. Oh no no! It's in the shop. I, I I don't. I had it in the house for a day, and they're all like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, I'll bring it to the shop. It's in the shop hanging with all my uh, all my bottle openers from the friends who made me bottle openers. So it's hanging in a place. Of- Honestly, a bit of a sad day if you woke up and found your dog chewing on your balls, right? That's right. Mm. Well, you know. What do you mean? Yes, yes, wouldn't be good. But uh, yeah, kangaroo balls or kangaroo ball bottle opener is uh, is a is a source of. The funny thing is, is people in my shop, and they're getting a tour, and then they walk over to the bottle opener rack, and I'll say, guess what those things are? And it is always just like, are those testicles? I was like, damn right, they're for the furriest testicles you ever heard in your life. It's soft furry testicle bottle openers. <laughs> nice Great. feel in the hand. <laughs> Just roll it around. Feels great. Yeah, that's it. Super furry. Roll it around. Yes. It was funny. Um, we we have a, like a we have a small town about about a forty five minute drive from us, and they have a leather shop down there. And I'd run out of um, waxed thread to do sheet stitching. Yeah. So I rang up this I rang up this leather shop. And do you have waxed stitch uh, waxed um, thread for, for she's and they were like oh yeah we do so I went down there and it was the strangest experience going into this leather shop I bought my thread and then I was like I'll have a look around and they thought that I was mild, well I am mildly crazy I guess but they thought that I was mildly crazy because <clears throat> I went over and had a look at this tourist uh, rack of items and there was about nine different things made out of kangaroo scrotums. And straight away I thought of you and the, and the, and the gift. And so I was standing there in this shop laughing out loud, yeah. pointing at these kangaroo scrotum things while I was on my own. And everyone in the shop's like stepping back about three paces going, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Hill. My, my wife just walked in right when you're talking about kangaroo scrotum. Sorry, Hill. This is what we do in, you know, these podcasts are, it's high. It's high. High intellectual. Serious game. Serious business. Serious business. I'm used to. Yeah. Well. You know. And that's funny because we were we were interviewing um, Henning Henning impromptu last week. Yeah. And his wife his wife walked in on us talking about uh, dirty stuff as well. Do you think? Do you, do you think wife? we kept saying balls and they can have sense it? I was, I was going to say that you guys are, are very tame today. Usually, there's a lot of the F word that comes out very frequently. In your, in we don't want to offend your sensitive ears. We're aware that the oh, American that's, that's going to come. That'll, that'll yeah. come. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I got to tell you, the, my favorite episode was the episode where you guys were talking about corn. You were detailing the the fires. I was riveted. I actually had to stop working because I was uh, I was riveted to the stories of, uh, of what was going on in Australia. So. Yeah, that that was so that was so yeah, January. The funny thing with that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was January. Yeah. And then follow straight after the fires, a lot of local areas experienced floods. Yeah. And now and now we've got the pandemic, the pestilence. It's like, well, something's going on here. <laughs> well, it isn't. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, in the United States, if if, if, it, if 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 it if it was a Democrat in the in the White House, <laughs> it would say it was the Antichrist. But now all of a sudden, no one's saying shit. You know, it's like you got the fires, you got the floods, you got the pan. You know, what are you going to start talking about? You know, your biblical situation here. I am quite amazed that it hasn't happened well, already. There's uh, there is a um, a large element in the states of um, of that religious sort of thing, which 
you know, we really don't see that much of in Australia, to be honest. Is he going to have a piss in his... Probably. You don't want to know, dude. That's that was no. his dog. <laughs> it's it's my, not a rooster, but it's probably Mert with his cock. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, my, my dog has been barking outside. <laughs> He's been crying outside. He can he can hear me talk, but he cannot get in. He was crying for the last half an hour. Oh look yes, at the, buddy, yes. Look at the look at the screen. This is Kaya. Yeah. Look at the screen and look, look at, at him. Dog. He's like Kaya. Kaya the Kangol. Kaya, come on, bud. I know I know about Kaya. Kaya's a big dog. But yeah. He's a monster. That's why Mert was scared about waking up with the dog chewing his balls. It's like oh, yeah. they're gone if that's on. So you got a dog, Jeff? No, no, no. He wants to yeah, get what? up. Yeah, I have two no, dogs. Jeff's got up. two dogs. I'll, 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 I'll ask Jeff, not you, Kev. <laughs> Professional. Yeah, don't worry about that. I have two dogs. Oh, yeah, sorry. just fucking ruin my interview. <laughs> Be a bit more professional. <laughs> Tell me. So yeah, you got dogs. What do you got? <laughs> I have. I had some two mutts. Two mutts, nothing, you know. I got two dogs. mutts too. But tell us, are they like big little dogs, small dogs, big dogs? One's a one's a big hound, and another is like a Jack Russell. They're both similar. You know, the colors similar. They're both big, and it's like it's kind of like Laurel and Hardy a little bit. They're both one's big and one's small, and they kind of both have very funny characteristics together. But, yeah, Jack you know. Russells have awesome personalities. Jeff. Well, Jeff like posts a mutt, up pictures like a of version. It's like a mutt version of a Jack Russell. It's not like uh, it's not like someday I want to get. You know who makes? You know who makes? You know who breeds Jack Russells is um, is fuck. I say oh. this guy's name all the time. It's it's one is of it? my favorite favorite master bladesmiths. It's uh, Wilburn Aaron Wilburn. Aaron Wilburn oh, breeds yeah. Jack Russells. So sometimes well, he'll post these pictures of these super cute little puppies. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. We get all out we get all our go. dogs as strays or from the pound, strays from the pound or from rescue. So like the last one I yeah. got, she's nine years old, so she's getting a bit on now, but they're good dogs. Yeah, we, we kinda go for the rescue yeah. types. Just yeah. you know. Yeah, they're the best. Best dogs. So. They appreciate it. So are you guys are you what are you guys are you guys still I drinking? Am, I, I'm Okay. Yeah, so what yeah. are we drinking tonight? <laughs> we haven't only just started. Fuck. You guys seem still. What do we got? You guys seem pretty well, behaved. Well, yeah, but that's like that's, that's like because uh, these guys keep looking at me funny. Last episode was rough, Jeff. Last uh, episode it was pretty was bad. Really it was so rough. bad that Mert, Mert fought, yeah. uh, we, we had a bit of a falling out, you know. It was a bit of tension in the ranks. We. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we, I was, we rang. I was saying we rang like, Henning. I, I th- I thought we were done recording. Corn is like, bro, I'm doing the fucking editing. You said we were done at the last two minutes. In in my head, I said we were done like an hour ago. But my, all of my memory was based on my drunk memory, and that's 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 and saying Bert something. And was singing and carrying on. I, I, I thought that was. So what do you? Well, you guys, you guys always seem to be having. Oh good yeah, time, we normally so. are. It's just um. I think uh, I think mainly you're just bringing us down, Jeff. So you know we're gonna we're gonna do something about that, boys. What are you? What, <laughs> yeah, you, you kick me off. What are you drinking? What do we got tonight? What do you got, Kev? Well, I've got a bottle of uh, the Brulatic, the Laddie Eight, only because Corin posted up a picture of, that he had a bottle of the Laddie, which is a Islay single malt, and. Uh, Last week we were talking, Jeff, um, about the fact that I have a whiskey collection, and Corum was like, 
I don't understand how you have a whiskey collection because you buy a bottle and you drink it. That's what you do. And it's like, well, no, you buy a bottle and you have a, you have some, and then you buy a bottle of something different. And, and you I pointed that, out to Kev. Kev said, "Oh, he, people come to my house and bring whiskey." I said, "You came to my house. You brought whiskey. You and I drank that bottle of whiskey, and then we drank like two bottles of my whiskey." Ooh, messy. It, it was. That was messy. It that was. really was. So we got. I got the same. I got Brooke Laddie, the classic <clears> Laddie, <throat> unpeated Islay single malt. My wife bought it for me because she's a lovely lady. His, He's got the classic. I've got the. She eight liked the year, bottle, but they're both fifty percent, fifty percent alcohol. Oh yeah, it is too. non peated It's a man's man drink. Smoky whiskey. Yeah. Right. And I've also got, go. in case I run out of that one, I've got another bottle of wine. But I'd have to be desperate. Wow. Yeah. What do we got, Mert? And Mert's drinking red wine. Nice. Ah, uh, sure. Two thousand eighteen. Nice. Just, just, just like right amount. Just right amount of fruitiness and all that. It's a, it's not a great, it's not like the crazy wine, but it's just right. Australian wines, hard, it's hard to beat. The international Mate, competitors yeah. for sure. Well, Mert lives. You got to get the Shiraz. Mert lives in the wine district. Yeah, the Shiraz, well, one yeah. of the wine districts in Australia. So he lives up in the Hunter. Yeah, I, I live in, I live in Hunter Valley. It's a touristic area and it's a wine and it's region. A, and it's, it's That's famous for two things. It's famous for wine and coal mines. Yeah, big coal mines. Huh. It's two, two, two things that you will never think that they'll mix. But there's a there's a battle going on because the area that I live in, the vines are prevalent, but the, they found coal. I don't know how how many years ago, and they I will say they attract very different crowds. Right. Let me just let's just leave it with that. Like they attract very different crowds. Yes, one crowd drinks wine out of a bottle, the other crowd drinks it. Out of cardboard, yeah. shuttle cardboard. <laughs> I was waiting. That was a long setup for that joke. I was waiting for. I'm waiting for. Hey, a I'm the latter. I drink. I drink the goon. We call them the goon bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you buy wine bags, by the box the in America. Goon, goon Do you buy bags. boxes of wine in America? Yeah. Sure. Sure. You can. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting, and I don't really talk about it very much. But my dad was a winemaker, and um, so I grew up on a vineyard, and. Um, Wines change. It's interesting in in the United States how people's taste of wine has changed. And I remember in the '80s, more people were heading towards sweeter wines because of their growing up on drinking and drinking Pepsi and Coke and and sweeter beverages. So they started to slowly, slowly kind of creep into kind of the sweeter wines and stay away from uh, drier, drier wines. So I've always been interested in in wine drinking, but I mean not that much. I mean it's like fine it's fine it's rotten grape juice dude don't make it into something that's not yeah no 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 i mean i have friends who are wine guys and i you know the funny thing is is you start getting into being a wine guy it's you turn into such a miserable you know insufferable person so i'm like go talk about your terroir somewhere else i ain't interested so i say oh yeah but the screw top i like it I, i have no problem with the screw top wine no problem. No, screw top's good. You don't have to find no. a special tool to get into it. Yeah. Jim, I thought your dad was a musician. Was my, your grand- yeah, my grandfather was grandfather. a cellist. My grandfather yes. was a cellist in the New York Philharmonic. Yes. And then my dad was uh, a <laughs> Sorry, painter. sorry. I just 
thought Mert said, I thought your dad was a magician. Musician, you <laughs> deaf motherfucker. And you, cabbage. And you were like, yeah, no, that was my grandpa. Uh, <laughs> I was like, trying to figure musician. out a joke, but no. No, yeah, so the, yeah. my dad was a winemaker, and, uh, and he was involved with the the restaurant business and, and uh, real estate business in New York, so. There you go. There you go. And, uh, and according to my wife, um, you would be the ultimate comedian. Why is that? I don't know. There's something about when I've listened to live feeds and you're talking and my wife turns around and goes, is that your comedian friend? Oh, that's very nice. And I'm like, the knife, I said, it's a knife maker. And she goes, no, he's just got that voice where he should be a comedian. Well, you're very kind. He of didn't say that. His wife well, did. I laugh at him yeah. a lot, but he's not. Let's be clear. Well, she's no, very kind. Says. Clearly very kind. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I said, I, I laugh at you, not with you. Fine. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. The, the thing is, is, you know, when I first started having a studio, and I, I had a studio in 96, 1996, you know, you're alone. When you're alone, you do need. I, I never listened to music. My dad kind of like didn't like me listening mm-hmm. to popular music. He thought it made me. Uh, he thought it would make me less uh, obedient. So I wasn't really listening to like popular music. So he got me listening to talk radio with him. So what happened was was you know as most you know children looking for the love of their parent, my dad would listen to these talk radio guys and he'd start laughing and I'd say I want to make my dad laugh like that. So. I was constantly trying to make my dad laugh and tell him jokes, and then, but I just always had an affinity for talk radio. So, so that's the reason why, you know, I, I really try to base all that stuff off of, you know, even when I started doing the live streams, I really try to base it off of every live stream is like a very beginning, middle, and end show. So, I've always loved broadcast. Yeah, now they're they're enjoyable. They're enjoyable. Well, you know, yeah, he was. My dad wasn't. You know, my dad wasn't the most most loving. So, so I was. You know, if, if I could, if some radio guy could make him laugh, I was just like, okay, well, that guy could make him laugh. So let me see if, what I can do. So it was just like it was constant. I was constantly just trying to tell him jokes, and I was just trying to make him laugh, and you know. So it's just it's a sad situation, really. Honestly, it's give, give us some insider information about Knife Talk, all right? You guys have been recording now. You'd be well over a hundred episodes, hundred and forty or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that much, but I don't care. Who's counting? I'm against counting. I don't count how many knives I've ever made. I don't count how many sculptures I've ever made. I don't count how many times I've had sex, and I don't count how many times you I've don't done count knives. how many times you have sex. Uh, you don't do. <clears throat> Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I had friends in high school who used to talk about how much sex they count all the times they had sex with their girlfriends. I thought, what are you counting for? So I've never counted. Like, I would, I couldn't tell you how many knives I've made. And I certainly don't count how I many knives I can't believe you don't. I, I did the jelly bean thing, see? But when I was before I was married, I put a jelly bean in a jar every time I got a root. And then when we got married, every time we had a root, I had one jelly bean. I've never run out. It's been fucking 20 years. <laughs> I've got heaps of jelly beans. He's still got a big. Oh, root. He's still got a really big jar. Sex. Root. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. It's an Australianism. Oh, gotcha. You guys, you guys bizarre. root for football teams. We have chicks that do that, but it's a different kind of thing. I understand. It's different. <laughs> so, so Mert's got a small penis, and you got a big one. Well, 
Well, uh, I don't <laughs> want to see this. No, I don't look at the screen. All right, so I, I, I sorry for, so what was your question you're about looking, Lake Tahoe? You're looking, that's no oh, good. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you asked him. <laughs> so what was your Lake Tahoe so, question? Yeah, so, be careful what you wish for. I forget. No, 140 episodes. And, um, yeah, so what shit's going down? What's the, what's your, what's your favorite episode that you've recorded there? My favorite episode are the ones where I can get, or we can get Craig to laugh so hard he loses his mind. Those are, those are without question. I like it when the conversation goes into something that's so crazy, but he'll start laughing and he'll like spoons, like the good spoons. (laughs) He'll lose his mind. Craig will lose his mind. And that to me is like, that's my favorite. When he laughs, like, like Mareko mis- mispronounced a guy's name and called him. His guy's name was Ben Benjamin Coker, and Mareko mispronounced it and called him Ben Jamin Cocker. And we laughed so hard <laughs> we stopped the whole fucking. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was so. It was, a, but you can't, you can't, you can't like manufacture that. That was like the nat- this natural, beautiful moment. So, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, that's that nice. Speaking, speaking of um, speaking of your podcast and natural, beautiful moments. I have to say that the funniest moment in probably my adult life was when I was listening to the podcast and Craig started singing about Schwabzy. <laughs> that was a, that was a, that the funniest part about all that was, and we whitewashed that from our, we whitewashed that. Talk about that anymore. The funniest part about that was it was such a he was it was such an earnest you know it was such an earnest thing that Craig did and Craig's a talented guy he comes from radio too and it was such an earnest funny no nothing crazy joke we didn't go you know and the best part was I was going live and Corin said you know he's only sixteen right I was no I said fourteen fourteen whatever fourteen my eyes bulged out of my head. And I just called up, I called up Craig and I let him know. And I'm just like, I said, we've got to address it. we got to make a joke about this. And he's just like, just don't call me a, just don't call me a pedo. Just don't call me a pedo. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. It was funny because I came back from the bar in Perth. I was absolutely shattered, blind drunk. I walked in, I stumbled into the room, crashed on the bed, turned on my phone and here's Fader live. And I'm like, yeah. and he's, and, and I just, I had the phone up so loud and I laughed so hard when I saw your face when I said he was 14. The guy in the room next to me is banging on the wall. Shut the <laughs> fuck up! <laughs> you know he's only 14. Was like, I mean, my, my, my face just went white. My eyes bulged out of my head. It's like, oh, God. We're singing, we're singing, we're singing ballads to 14-year-old boys. This has got to stop. Well, he's singing songs That's to funny. a 14-year-old boy that he met on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was an honest mistake. I mean, the kid carries himself like he's not 14. Well, oh, he's, I, you know. He does a good oh. job, man. He's a good, he's a good lad. No, no, he's not. He's well, doing a good job. All, it looked so older than that. It, it looked like he was an adult. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that kid is doing a good job. He's doing a great the job. funny he's thing with good. that is Dominic Schwabzi, we call him, he was, he was sending me private messages through Instagram asking me a whole lot of questions and stuff about knife making and he was structuring himself so well in his questions that I just assumed he was another one of the knife making fraternity. And there was some 
there was something that came up in one of the conversations and he said something about, uh, it, it just, it went to his age, you know, like, oh, my older brother, oh, I'm only 14. And I didn't see your face on that live feed, but I instantly just, I was like, I had that little bit of a sick feeling. I was like, oh, fuck. And I started scrolling back through our conversations to make sure that I wasn't swearing my head off yeah. of this poor fella. And it, thankfully, like, I was actually answered him pretty nicely all the way through. But I wrote that to him and I said, I said, oh, man, you, you structure your questions really well. I had no idea you were 14. And I've literally just spent five minutes going through making the, I didn't say too many F and C words through right. our conversations right. just in case. Um, no, but that was very funny. That was well, very the funny. funniest part Craig was kept, Craig kept singing about Craig kept singing about the flock, and I was waiting for the rhyming word to come with cock, <laughs> Thank and God. it never happened. And I was like, "You bastard, Craig!" Well, he's a he was he's a very, he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy for a reason. Craig is the commander. He he he's always in control. <laughs> but the funny part was, is my eyes bulged out of my head. And then I immediately said, this is going to be great for the podcast. I immediately thought, this is going to be great. I was so happy. But then, you know, we just, you know, we we talked about it. And, you know, it was funny. It was a really funny we, we had listen We had listeners of our podcast asking us about how we were going to counter that, how we're going to rival, you know, what you guys did. And it's like, why not? Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, no, no, we did it to ourselves. We did it to ourselves. Corin, Corin said he's only fourteen. Was all it needed. Was all it needed. Can't get better than that. But um, well, it was the funniest the funny thing. thing think, is, um, it started because he, you know, with all due respect, he was a bit of an instigator. So I think that yes. was the reason why Craig decided to write him a song. Yeah, that was funny. And it was and it was well deserved and it was just the funniest yeah. There was it was a good song, was well written, yeah. it was appropriate. Um and had he known he was fourteen, I'm sure he wouldn't have done oh, it. No way. Are you kidding me? It would have been it would have been like it would have been just like press the block button and it's all over. No, 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 no. He was perfect. For all those that don't know Dominic Schwab's, is is Schwab's yeah. custom knives with underscores on Instagram. Look, check out his work. He makes a great little bushcraft knife. He's doing a really good job. Up until recently, he's been doing it with absolutely minimal tools. He's just started to tool up with some grinders and things. And frankly, you know, I'm going to give him a give, give him a big positive shout out because you know there's kids out there being tosswads and dickheads, and he's not one of them. He's just he's just Schwab's yeah, good kid. Yeah, yeah that's real, it. real talented, real yeah. talented. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that was that was pretty when, cool. When we get back to a little bit of normality, when we get back to a little bit of normality, or actually record during the day when we're not drunk, um, we'll actually give him a ring and we'll get permission to have him on as a guest. Yeah, you better get and, some and we'll like, talk, talk to, to him. his talk to his yeah. guardian. You better talk to his. Guardian. I, I we will. We will. Him. I messaged him and I was like, "Hey man, we want to really do a recording with you for a podcast." And I'm like. Yeah. Oh, if that's okay with your parents, of yeah. course you'll like yeah. get the concept of your yeah. parents, and will yeah. promise they behave. Yeah. <laughs> I joined up with a New Zealand group tonight. Uh, they had a, one of those Zoom meetings. There's a page, uh, a New Zealand knife makers and blacksmiths or something, and they had a a group meeting. I joined up with that, and there's a kid on there, Scotty, and he was saying that he was saying he didn't know anyone in Christchurch, and this guy contacted him, Andrew. 
Andrew. And Andrew <laughs> says, Andrew says, I'll pick you up from school for one day, take you to like my factory unit and show you a few things. Wow. And he's like, oh, this is one of those guys. But it was, <laughs> it was when I was Andrew 14, Kondik, who's a fucking 14, legend. I couldn't make any of that shit. I couldn't do anything that looked, you know, semi, you know, I, you assume that, you know, talent and age, you know, equals equals the, the quality of work of some of these young guys. So you just assume that someone like that couldn't possibly be 14. But it is amazing seeing these young people really, you know, and maybe it's because of the internet. Maybe it's because of YouTube and being able to have the information available and podcasts and stuff like that, that these kids just can can grow in this, in this very, very uh, positive way, really. You know? oh, it's bloody so, incredible. It's incredible. I, I I don't have half that talent, so it's infuriating to too. It's infuriating. Yeah, it too. is. It is. It is. We got we got a lot of talented young makers. And for example, Jackson Omel is quite young. Will Morrison, he's quite young. How old is Will Morrison? Uh, he's in his early twenties. Jesus, Jesus, that guy yeah. is super yeah. talented. <clears throat> he's just moving his factory, his his workshop into. Uh, in with Sean McIntyre, Master Smith. Yeah. Oh, that so, won't do him any good. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> Lead him astray. I, no, it, no, Will's a good guy. Australian, Australian knife makers are unbelievable. It's, it is, it is totally amazing to see the, the, uh, the incredible work that you guys do as a country, you know? I'm always oh, surprised. I, I'm always, I'm always, I always say, I'm, I always say, what the hell's going on in Australia? What, what's going on to make the, all those, Knife maker so excellent, you know. I think it's just um, the the new yeah. podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take, the credit, take the credit. That's my man. Yeah, we can we'll, we'll roll with that. Take the credit. We Actually, you, it's funny, but you said that on uh, your not that I've been stalking you or anything, but you said that on the first episode of Knife Talk that you were on on your interview episode, you did make the point about Australian knife makers, and that was how long ago was that? Three years or something. I don't know. I don't count. Long time. Couldn't be that yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, it's true. He doesn't you know? have a jar of jelly beans. Yeah, that'll count. But it is, it is, it is, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And especially, like, I'm always fascinated, I think, feel like, especially with the culinary guys, that there is, with the exception of Mert, I, I, I think that, that there's uh, there's this there's this uh, theme of these Japanese-style knives that are that are, and I wonder if that's the proximity to Japan. You know, what do you guys think? No, I think it has to do more with the more with the cooking thing. The you'll see a lot of the influence of the Asian Asian cuisine in Australia. So that's the thing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. there's a there's a big Asian influence here. There's a lot of um, yeah. Chinese Thai. Um, you know, there's there's just a big a big market here for that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, the, it, it is always, I'm always impressed. Japanese. I mean, all you guys and, you know, my friend Popoff, Dimitri Popoff, unbelievable. You know yeah, Dimitri, do you? He's a good mate of mine. I was, te- yeah. I, was texting with him, I was texting with him right before you called me. Loved oh, that's him. it. Oh, shit. Such a good dude, man. Such a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. Really Such is. a good dude. I love, I, he, I, love, uh, I love everything about that dude. Dimitri and I were we brought in when I first started importing grinders. Dimitri and I bought the first two. He's um, yeah, he's a good guy, and he's he's gone such a long way from his uh, early days of making those uh, sort of tactical G10 
knives through to right. what he's doing these days. I mean, it's just chalk and cheese. I, I love them both, but but these kitchen knives and stuff that he's knocking out these days are something spectacular, aren't they? Well, yeah, they're incredible. But I tell you what, and this is something I say on my podcast, is if you're making culinary knives, it's good to be able to cook. And he also cooks really well. And I think that it gives you an understanding of what you want in a kitchen. And I've always felt like, you know, a lot of times, a lot of guys in the United States, especially, they start out doing hunting knives, and they think, oh, people want to cook. I'm, I can make a cooking knife, but they don't cook. And I feel like there's, I think that there's this lack of, of, um, there's this lack of, you know, understanding about, you know, how to stand against a cutting board and the different cutting tips Jeff. and what works. And I, I feel like that that's like a, the biggest issue with knife makers. All you have to do is just take the guard off, just make a booby. Take the yeah. guard off. That's yeah. your kitchen knife. That's right. 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 I've seen some bullshit knives made by some <laughs> unbelievable guys, and it's because they don't cook. I mean, you know, I think that, I think that understanding what you want, what you like, and what you don't like is going to change the way you make knives. Yeah. What What shits me most is like when people don't study their object. Uh, if I If I decide I want to make a buoy, I'll look up what buoy looks like. I'll look up the good buoys and. Did you, makes makes boobies? Boobies. 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 I like to look at what boobies look oh, like. I, I okay. always check the shape. I always get a good My feel too. Just make hey, sure. Let's say hunting knife. Okay, you happy now? <laughs> let's say I want to make a hunting knife. I'll look up the good hunting knives and I'll try to see what's the common points, what should, what I should be paying attention. Then I'll look at the measurements and dimensions. Then I will try to make a hunting knife if I ever when I make one, but a lot of the guys who make who make kitchen knives and they've been doing all these booby and hunting knives and they just take the guard off and yeah, that's the that's the kitchen knife for you. And you think like you didn't even you didn't even try. You just, well, just you just The funny thing is is the first time I ever saw Jesse James make a knife, I immediately thought he started selling his knives and the first thing I thought mm-hmm. of is got him out of cook. That's the first. He was the one that I was just like, "This is the problem." And he now he makes beautiful. Everything he does, I, I'm a fan of Jesse James, and he and I were had the same teacher. But like that, he is the perfect example of a guy who made a knife who doesn't cook. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but he's, 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 he, his clientele is a whole different. I think I, I don't yeah. think his client his clientele is looking for the geometry. They're looking for to buy something from Jesse James and. Well, the the interesting thing is, is when he first made his knives, he stopped, he changed them because he gave them to cooks to use. And he's like, I had to make some changes because, you know, this isn't the way, you know, cooks use knives. And it was very good for him to kind of grow in that way of saying, all right, look, I, I gave it to some cooks and, you know, this is how I make my changes. And I think it was a very honest and natural progression to make a knife that he likes and that he wants to make. But um, I, th- I feel like there's a lot of guys like that who don't make that progression to say, okay, well, you know, this is, a, yeah, like a Bowie knife without a guard and that's it. And they don't really, they don't, they don't make that progression to, you know, making something that people will actually enjoy using. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't get that, I was about to say, if you don't get that feedback from them, you've got to go and spend time and learn from people like Mert and Chad and, all those guys about the geometry of their knives because they're very successful in what they do and then apply some of that. But there's a reluctance, I think, a lot of the time for people to actually 
seek out that training from someone that knows what they're doing. I'm reluctant. It took me a long time to make my knives. You know, even now, I, I'm constantly, I'm still making changes. Look, Jeff, Jeff, yeah. you you are, but when I when I went to Blade Show, I met the masters in his table. He has these beautiful daggers and gold engraved shit. They look beautiful. I looked at this kitchen knife. Kitchen knife was like, if if I saw that knife and it, if that person told me this is the sixth knife, sixth or fifth knife they ever done, I'll be like, yeah, I can tell. Right. But well, when you look when you look at the, the other knives they were doing, I was so tempted to say, hey man, look. I make kitchen knives. I'm thinking like, nah, don't worry about it. Don't don't bother <laughs> because it's going to be such a hard fucking pill for them to swallow to get a to get a pointer from somebody who doesn't have the same credentials as they have. Right. Well, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I know what you're saying. I, I just I feel like I feel like the best thing a culinary knife person can do is to learn how to cook and enjoy cooking to the point where they know what they like to use. And I think yeah. that'll make more, I think that'll almost make you more. Because I also, I also try to, I don't want to, you know, just see what one guy's making and then make what he's making. You know, I kind of want to, you know, you, tr you hope to be, you hope to make stuff that's a natural progression in regards to who you are and what you're making. So I just feel like, I feel like if you can learn how to cook and cook, to, you, to the point where you just even doesn't taste good if you enjoy it and you're doing it and you're knowing, all right, well, this isn't really working very well with the, with the onion. I mean, let's just face it. When you're cutting meat and stuff like that, you don't worry so much about geometry. But when you're doing like fine knife cuts of like carrots and onions and celery and you're doing, you know, mincing and you're doing different kind of preparations, that's when you really see how a culinary knife will work. And I, and I feel like if you kind of start to do that more often, more frequently – You'll say, oh, you know, I wish my knife did more like this, or I wish my knife was a little bit more, you know, give me a little bit more clearance for that, or I don't like how high I am on the handle. I think if you start to do it yourself, I think that's almost more valuable as a growing, uh, as a progression of your own work than to just have someone tell you, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work because of that. But if you have no understanding, then there, it's very hard for, hard for there to be that kind of self-improvement. Yeah. So I, when I first started following your stuff on Instagram, that was years ago now, and I really liked um, – you had sort of a unique uh, take on your hunting knives, which I really, really liked. And uh, it was funny because I, I remember back in one of the conversations because I, I still don't really look up who people are and how many followers they've got and all that shit. If I like what they're doing, I'll follow them. And you were one of those people that I – I liked what you were doing. It was a bit different to the norm, and I remember we had a we had an Instagram conversation somewhere along the lines of, you know, oh, yeah, I like what you do. I like what you do. Oh, maybe we'll do like a like a knife swap one day. And then I went and had a look at your profile, and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> this guy's got fucking thousands and thousands of people following him. And then I was slightly intimidated from that point on about why. Because oh, I looked at the numbers and I and I just hesitated for a moment. Small, small dick He's counting, dude. He was <laughs> <No>. counting. <laughs> but then, but then, I, then, I, gotcha. then I rolled it out and gave it a squeeze with my vice-like grip. Oh. And um, no, it was good because I just enjoyed I enjoyed the fact for a couple of things. I like I like 
the style that you're doing. And I like the fact that you were one of those guys, when I sent something to you saying, oh, I like that knife, you were one of the few people that responded back saying, oh, thanks, man. Thanks. That's so good. Thank you. Well, And you get so many people, I guess, on Instagram these days that I guess they're inundated with people saying that. But if you genuinely, I still send stuff off to people if I genuinely like what they're doing. I'll send them as things just saying, you know, acknowledging that. And whether they get back to you or not doesn't matter. At least they're going to know that someone out there appreciates what they do. I mean, I, I, tr- I think that, I think social media is great. And it, it's, it's, if it wasn't for social media, I don't think I'd be able to be in business. You know, even when I, I was doing it when I was just doing sculpture. And it's, I think it's nice to be nice and create a community. So I, I always feel, I mean, I feel like I'm a piece of garbage anyway. So I, I, I'm not really, I'm not really, I don't feel very high on my horse in regards to the way people feel about me. But I, I, I appreciate kind words. I'm not, I don't take them very well. But, you know, you and I have been chatting along for a long time, you know, so, uh, you know, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I try not to be in, I don't it, it's just it's just too difficult it's just too difficult to be uh waste my time being a jerk you know so i just thought oh, that's it mate you know fine that's good so what was he i was there was something else i was going to say i don't remember what it was it was about cooking or something i don't know your your um your instagram stories i have to say jeff that your instagram stories you 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 kind of piss me off a little bit okay Okay. Because, go ahead. Because there's that time difference, right? Like you're experiencing now, where 25 past 10 in the right. evening, and you're only just out of bed not long ago. Right. And when the opposite occurs, when I go to bed and then I get up, your Instagram stories are normally of you cooking something really fucking nice, and it's breakfast time, and I want garlic prawns or whatever right. you're fucking cooking, shrimp or whatever you call them. But you suck. It's breakfast time, and I want dinner as my breakfast. Well, then you live your life. Who's stopping you? I do. You know what? Who's stopping you. You know what? I have I have uh, ribeye ribeye for breakfast quite often. I love it. It's great. I, I in regards to cooking, I try to keep my I try to keep my knives and my food. I kind of try to keep simple. I find that when I first started making knives, I overcomplicated everything, and I felt like I was losing a lot because of I wasn't being simple. And I try with the cooking, and I tried with my knife making, and also more along with my sculpture is to try to make easy, simple transitions and focus on trying to make very simple transitions. I want my shit to be more and more simple, simpler and simpler. So same thing with the cooking, you know? I like that, and that's again another thing that draws me to to liking uh, you as a knife maker. Outside of just liking you as a person, but as a knife maker, your stuff is it, it's there's a style to your work, and it is simple. That doesn't detract from you know that attraction to your knives. Like it, it's you know you see a knife and you unless it's up on some Pakistani's page, you're like that's a Jeff Fader knife. Like you see it and there's there's clear indications of what yours is. And I've always liked that. You're not trying, like I said, you're not trying to push too far out of that. It's not not even a comfort zone. It's just doing stuff. I think I think it's know, more like you you're not you're not chasing what's what's favorite of the what's the flavor of the month. Right. Well yeah. 
I, 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 like I said, it's I sometimes see myself odd. as a piece of garbage. I see myself as a piece of garbage, and and I and I, what I don't want to do, I just want to try to keep things simple, but also for my customers too. Like I'm trying to provide a value. I see I see it differently than a lot of knife makers, and I want to really provide a value. So if I can keep things easy, simple transitions, and try to make something of value, then I'm giving something to someone that they feel like they've gotten a they've gotten a value in regards to buying something from me. So that's how I've always felt like. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, mate. I, uh, yeah, like, like, uh, Kevin, I, I actually didn't know who you were until recently, uh, until knife talk really. And, um, since I've started following you, I've been impressed by the, those clean lines and the, the, the interesting blade shapes and the clean handles. It's real good. Well, I appreciate but it. I appreciate it. I, I'm going to knock myself up a, uh, Knock myself up a kitchen knife one day, but it won't be a kitchen knife. It'll be a culinary knife, Mert. I'm going to make a barrel steak knife. Speaking of which, I'd never known about barrel knives until I saw your knives. They're incredible. Oh, fuck. Don't get in stuff. Oh, fuck. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Come the, on. Go ahead. Trick, I don't know what you meant to be sweet in it. 17th. Come on, Corn. Tell the story. <laughs> Come on, Corn. Come on. What? Yeah. What? Come on, do you what do your spiel? Do your spiel. Which one? Barrel knives, yeah. world's best knives. Rock on. <laughs> anyway, that's right. But that's going to be my thing. Going to make a barrel steak knife. That'll be my knife. I'm going to take it to restaurants and pull it out, and people are going to go, whatever they go, because I'm going to eat my knife, my steak with a barrel knife. It'll taste better, Mert. You know what? Oh. They won't notice because they're going to be sitting 15 feet away from you because they're too fucking scared to eat next to people. Yeah. True. There you go. There you go. Yeah, You'll just have to walk around to their tables and stab their steaks with your knife. That'll work. I don't. I don't mind. Yeah. Whatever yeah. I've got to do to get attention, but you know. That, me. that whole thing is going to be gone. Like when you sit in a restaurant and you look at the table close by and you see like the first course they're getting, the appetizers they're getting. You're like, oh, that looks like a scallop from the menu. We're going back to normal. Don't you worry. We'll be back to normal in no time. They're going to find a way to cure people, and they're just fucking back to normal. Who gives a shit? Everyone was like this about AIDS back in the 80s. It only took 20 years or 30, maybe 30 or 40 years, but now we don't even think about it. Just have sex with everything now. It's, you know. <laughs> you do, you do, Captain Jerry <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, that's it. Welcome, welcome to Knife Talk Down Under with the, with the, with the head of the CDC. Knife making down under. Knife making down under. Knife talk down under. You're going to get in the shit over that. He's going to edit the shit out of this. Oh, don't do that. Come no, on, You shouldn't edit. Editing's for, we never edit. You never edit? Oh, never. Oh, shit, Mate, you don't. If, if I don't. didn't edit, if I didn't edit, there would ha- Oh, man. Man, I should put be- together a soundtrack of what, what I've cut out of these guys have said. <laughs> oh, it's, we, we uh, never edit. I no. Know. We never edit. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. We never edit. All, any, all the, um, the single tracks I did, the only editing was uh, Craig threw in some sounders. But I, we don't, I, 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 hate, I hate editing. So... I, I mean, obviously I don't do it, and Craig don't want to do it. So we don't. We haven't edited. We edited. I once said, "I'll tell you a funny story." I'll tell you a funny story, and it, I got to be very vague. But the first time I was on with Craig was when Morocco and I were first going to be the the guest hosts. I made a joke. I made a very unfortunate joke about about Anthony Bourdain. And it was along the lines of it was right after, and Craig had to cut this out. I'll give you guys the exclusive. So, so 
I was on this YouTube video with Epicurious, and we were broken on YouTube into the top ten because it was just it was a great. I mean, it was it was just gaining steam, gaining steam, gaining steam, and it was great, and the numbers were good. And then all of a sudden, when Anthony Bourdain died, everything just fucked. Everybody else, whoever was on YouTube, I mean, it was over, completely over. So months had passed, and I made a joke about, yeah, we're doing great up until Anthony Bourdain killed himself. I made a, I made a slightly tasteless joke. <laughs> it was slightly tasteless about, like, you know, he could have waited a couple of weeks or something like that. You know, some, you know, some. It was, some that's not even bad. That's not that bad. Well, it probably was a lot worse. I'm, I think I'm cleaning it up. I think I'm cleaning it All up. All right. But that was the only time. I, after we were done, I said to Craig, I said, you might want to take, you want to, might want to pull that joke. And he was like, already done. Already done. Yeah. So I made some sort of uh, awful. Yeah. So. Well, well, Jeff, I think, I think you're going to be very pleased to hear this, but I reckon that this will be. The first knife making down under Knife Talk Australia podcast that we are not going to edit. Yeah, you Maybe should. There's, there's, there's nothing you got to edit. Maybe five there's minutes. There's nothing here. This is, this is this is this is tame as you, fuck. You, you've toned us down. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh no, you well, never edit. I would like to get loose, but that's all right. <laughs> I don't mind getting it loose because you know I'm the guy that cuts myself out later. Well, usually, <laughs> it's, it's, when, it's when we put, when we. When we put our first pubcast episode up, we were, we were a little apprehensive because we got very loose. Yeah. And, and we've got some listeners overseas um, in Europe that were sending me messages directly just basically praising the fact that we were such a raw, realistic, unedited version of a podcast. And I was like, Oh man, you don't know what got cut out. <laughs> that must have been that must have been Eric Markman. That must have been Eric Markman. Oh, no. <laughs> Eric! Hey, Eric! Eric's a good fellow. He's a great he guy. He was a part of the story. He, he was a part of he was a part of the story about the original arm wrestle versus the giant that I had in America, and him and the other bloody Viking guys um, were just just causing trouble. And I think that's where I actually decided that I really liked them because they had a little bit of that Australian um, mindset to them where let's let's just sneakily get people in the shit behind their backs without them realizing it. I understand. But um, Eric, I, I do like uh, Eric. I love what he does with his knives, man. His knives are very good. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, Eric. He's- He's yeah, amazing. Bugger up, Eric. Bugger up. This well, is just, not a shout-out second to, time in a row. Just to watch your back with Eric, he's also the one who told me we should start drinking <laughs> to be like your podcast. So he's, he wants <laughs> no, me to steal your shit. Need to be like Eric us. Markman wants me to steal well, your shit. Well, you know? Eric, cheers, mate. Have a drink on us. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know who he is. I don't even know Keep who you are, dude, so I'm not impressed. Hey, I've got a question that came Sorry, in, what? guys. Hang on, hang on. I've stop, got a question stop, that came in. Stop. What? You know, what? ask a question. You don't know who Eric Markman is. No fucking idea, dude. Oh, no, he's not a customer. Yeah, he's a, he's uh, one of the guys. Oh, where do I go? Look at Eric where do I go? He's the pride of the Netherlands. In- Instagram. He's the pride of the Netherlands? Yeah. Instagram. He's a Viking. E-R-I-K. Is hey, just before Markman? I do that, here you go. You, you like this sort of shit, don't you, Jeff? That's the hammer that Dimitri made at my place, DP. Yeah, I saw that. It looks awesome. Yeah, that was that like, was my you guys before my hammer, shit. I like I like those hammers. I just bought a hammer from Ben Snur. I got Ben Snur's come sending me a hammer. 
I, I just made one problem. with Kyle. I made one with Kyle Royer in the shed just recently. I saw that. Did that you was see awesome. that one? Jeff, That's my I'd shed. show you Jeff, I'd show you the barrel knife that I made with Corin, but he's such a shit teacher that I only got three quarters of the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a shit teacher. You were here for a week, dude. It takes me a year to knock one of them fuckers out. <laughs> Eric <laughs> underscore Markman. Yeah. Eric Markman, yeah. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm following him already. already. I already am. Oh well fuck. I just have to follow well, a little bit more closely. Oh fuck off, cabbage. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Getting dicey, you guys getting punchy. You were asking me. We were going to ask me a question. That's not punchy. That's that's our friends. That we're friends. That's what we do in Australia. If if you're I in just, a pub, are you guys still there? Or is it all just like crashed out? Oh, I'm, Kev's full uh, gone retard. I'm here. I'm on low yeah, Jeff's battery. There. Mert's gone. I might have to. I might have to get off pretty soon because I'm on low battery. I'm just going to get all a right, wine. We won't I'm be on wine. Hold on a second. All right, just a minute. I'll tell you this. Oh, they're going to ask this question, and Kev just is like stuck on my screen, looking like a happy bloody cabbage, 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 cabbage. Really? Is he? Can you see him, Kev? I'd cut that one out. I'd cut that joke out. What's the question? I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose you in a minute. Yeah, don't, don't plug your phone in. I got to ask the question when they can okay. hear it. Where are they all? Mert's oh. walked off. Kev's back. Oh, there he is. Let's see if that works. Don't worry about Mert. Here we go. So this question just came in. In, on the 9th yep. of July, 2019. That's how fucking professional we are. Right. This question came in on the 9th of July, 2019. And it's from a maker from South Africa. Do you guys follow Stuart Anthony Smith? Uh, maybe. You should. It's a good guy. Uh, I've got a few of his T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Cabbage. Don't fucking cabbage. <laughs> Don't start me. He promised me a shirt. Stuart, you're listening to this, and I know you are. I am so disappointed that Kev got a shirt over me. I am super, super sad about that. No, I'm still crying. Sorry, you're getting you got it wrong. I got several T shirts. You cock. Does Fader have his own shirts? Oh, I, come I on. Did. I did. I start, Do you I, have I, one, I Kev? I'm probably gonna do it again, but it's such a pain in the ass. I don't. I don't, but when, when Jeff gets them up and running, I'll have one. Okay, here's the question from Stuart. I have a question for the podcast. How do you guys deal with Damascus purists or Woots purists? I've had to deal with them a couple of times. People who insist they know more than I do about Damascus, and it's not really Damascus, but it's actually patent welded steel. What do we? How do you guys deal with that? There you go. That was the question from July 2019. Just need to be reminded sometimes, people. We're there for you. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? What do you do? <laughs> What's your beef? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> we could do that. No, I don't want to do that. What's, no, what's, what's your answer? Good. What's your answer, Kev? What? What? My answer is fucking simple. But go ahead. What's your what's answer? Your, what's your my answer? answer is in Australia when we go out to a picnic or something, we throw our beers in an esky. You call it an esky, even though it's not made by esky. It's not the esky brand. It's it's a fucking Willow brand or something else. But we still throw it in esky. We call it an esky. Damascus is the same thing. We call it Damascus steel. That's what we call it. it it's yeah. the name for it. It's the generic term. It's what we it's use. A generic, it's a generic term that's accepted worldwide by everyone except for those people with a fucking tight-ass little fucking sphincter that get upset about fucking everything. And that's believe my, that the art was lost. Answer. The art was lost. You always know when someone starts that shit, they're just a fucking idiot. I mean, that's it. 
So the, the, the correct response is, mate, you're a fucking idiot. Just fuck off. Can, can I? Can I? Give Except a, for you're never going to get a t-shirt now. Can I give it? Can I give a different answer? What? Give I me a different that, answer. I think that some people. I think that I honestly believe, especially online, people just want to be heard, and sometimes they'll say something just to be heard. And I'm convinced that Correct. I'm convinced that sometimes it's not just to be a jerk. But it's like this sense of inner. They're trying to create some type of interaction. Because honestly, when it comes down to it, does it really matter? I mean, this isn't like cancer medicine, you know. So I, I feel like I feel like a lot of times people say things they don't realize, they don't understand how to communicate, and they're reaching out to be heard. That sounds like your president. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> We don't get into political shit on our podcast. Sorry, the only sorry. Thing I'll say, the only thing I'll say is I'm born and raised in New York City. I've grown up in New York, and we warned you all a long time ago. That's all I'm going to say. We knew all about it. We knew all about it from the beginning, and we've just stunned the whole time. So, Well, we're, we're watching. We're watching just like you, know, like you watch the car races for the wrecks. Yeah. We told you. We told you a long time ago. We talked to you back in the eighties. Told you back in the eighties. All right. So, so that's uh, that's your answer, Stuart. And um, by the way, mate, I am extremely disappointed that you uh, that you gave Kev those shirts that I rightly asked for first. And uh, I'm not sure I forgive you because we've been friends for like over ten years. Fuck. Two thousand and nine. I've been friends with him. Stuart. Fucking cabbage. Stuart, the way Corin is talking about you or, you know, effectively to you right now, I think you made the right choice in giving me two T-shirts and him no T-shirts. That's just yeah, as simple no. as that. There you go. Yeah. Did you get the forging before it was cool one? Yeah. You I can't remember what the other one is. I haven't worn it yet. See, it would, if it had gone to me, Stuart, I'd have you on shirt of the day. On uh, on our group, on the knife making down under uh, group, you'd be sure today. So, but no. So Jeff Corrin at the moment is posting up a t-shirt a day from a particular knife maker that he's acquired over time. Yeah, and I'm just looking at it going, got that one, got that one, Look and I'm waiting for him to post plenty. something up that's you know hard to hard to get. Right. Have you got a Schwarzer one? Not yet. I yeah, no, yeah, right. I think I was at Doghouse Forge uh, teaching a, a clinic, and Steve Schwartzer hung out for the day. And I was talking to him for a long time, and he was wearing a Steve Schwartzer hat. And I said to him, "It was awesome, beautiful blue hat with a with a, with a yellow <laughs> anvil, and it said Schwartzer underneath." And I said, "Whenever you start making those hats, I want to buy one." And he just took it off his head and he gave it to me. It's such a prized possession. I. I I, it's unbelievable. I don't even like to wear it because I feel like it's just too nice. You just took it up, took the hat off his head, and gave it to me. Great. Hey, he's a nice guy, man. I got, got a hat from. I got a, uh, a Crouch Custom Knives hat off of Tanner Couch at Blade Show. Drink, drink up, everyone. Um, he just gave it to me. Same sort of thing. I was like, oh man, that's such a cool hat. And he just took it off and gave it to me. From Tanner. The funny thing is. With Steve from Tana. So I said, "Oh, you." I almost said, "Oh, you don't have to do that," but I was just like, "Fucking take nah. it." <laughs> you know, oh. you take that yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah, don't be nice now, Peter. Don't be nice now. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Don't, don't, don't be. Don't do a dick move. Mert's Mert's showing a piece of steel for some stupid reason. When are we going to make this podcast about knives or something, Mert? You're always bringing us down, dude. 
He's no, also muted himself. Yeah, totally moot. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. No one can no hear. Way. We can't hear. Unmute yourself. All right. Do you guys remember last week? Can't hear. Show what are you talking about? You can hear me, dumb fucking cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> so, do you guys remember the sword I was showing last week? I was like, oh, yeah, this is the sword I forged. And, yeah, <laughs> this is a tank. There, there's like a 10 centimeter tank, and there's probably 12 centimeters left of it. What happened? So, as a dickhead, I decided to heat it in the forge because the sword is fucking 90 centimeters, three yeah. feet long, and I don't have a three feet long heat treating oven, so I'm, I'm trying to get the temperature, and I, I questioned, I'm like, yeah, it looked like a, except the very base of the handle, everything was a temperature, everything was looking good, I'm like, yeah, a little bit warped, I'm like, okay, that's fine, I tempered it on top of the, on top of the, uh, my forge, because I know it gets consistent around 400, 420 Celsius, and I got these laser thermometer thing, and I'm checking it, <clears throat> I tempered it for an hour, I'm like, yeah, it should be fine. I'm trying to address the tip. The very tip is bent. I'm thinking to myself, I'll just hit it with the hammer. If it's fixed, it's fixed. If it's not fixed, I'll have a smaller sword. I hit with the hammer, bang, fucking tip is broken. I'm like, ah, oh, at least let me check the grain. And I normalize this motherfucker, and the grain looks like a sandy as fuck. Even I thought I'd normalize it because... You try normalizing the forge that's only 60 centimeters, a two foot, and apparently my normalizing wasn't good. I'm thinking like, fuck, the tip is bad. Maybe I overheated the tip. Let me just break further. And I start breaking the tip like further, a couple more inches. And grain is, grain is shit. Keep breaking more. And I'm down to last 12 centimeter, and I was like, fuck. So lesson learned. And again, another shitty point about this was this was given to me as a 5160 from a friend of mine. He thought this was 5160. I'm like, okay, let me just check the hardness. After crunching at 1520 Fahrenheit and tempering at 420 Celsius, I ground all those Why are you mixing parts. Fahrenheit and Celsius, dude? Fuck, just mate. stick with Celsius. Pick strange. one, dude. And Celsius, sorry. by the way, because no one knows what so, you're talking uh, about. Sorry, Only fucking four, Americans understand uh, Fahrenheit. Four, four, 400 Fahrenheit, sorry. 1,520, 1,500 Fahrenheit, quench, 400 Fahrenheit, temper. I was wrong with the Celsius. Anyway, so uh, I checked the thing, hardness. It's 64 Rockwell. 5160 will not get to that fucking hardness. So... Lesson learned, don't use a fucking recycled steel, motherfuckers. There you are. Um, there you are. Done. Yeah, oh. It's gone. Rant of the day. Yeah. Deep breaths, man. Mert broke his Deep sword. Breaths, that, was, that was the beef segment. That was the beef segment of uh, the show. He's sad, but we all find it amusing. What's what's Turkish word for beef, Mert? It doesn't translate the same. It's it's not. <laughs> Tell me, come on, Mert. It's funny. Come it's on. gonna be good. Come what on, Mert. Beef, what's beef mean in Turkish? Yeah, I don't get into this. 
Oh, let's edit Cheers. this shit out. Well, dudes, Jeez. I gotta, I gotta head out. I gotta get to work. All right, Jeff. you take care, man. Jeff, thanks, thanks for much, coming right? in such a short notice, like two minutes. Of course, we gave you two more two minutes. <laughs> See you later, Craig's friend. Cheers, bro. Thanks for coming by, man. Well, can I just can I just say one thing? Is 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 I don't sure. listen to a lot of podcasts because I'm afraid of being influenced. Don't I listen, listen to, to us. yours. I listen to yours, oh. and I've known. Mert and, and Kev for, for a while and I have nothing but respect for you and now that I know you Corin, you guys are doing a great job I know that there's so many Australians who love your show and people all over the world I try to I try to mention you guys with peace and love on our podcast because I'm hoping people will get over to you so I love what you're doing and I love you guys and, and keep, the, keep up the good work Thank you very much, Jeff, by the way, mate. And thanks for all you're doing for the industry. Thanks for the time you put into your podcast and, uh, you know, speaking out the way you do. It's uh, it's good, man. It's good to have you in it. Well, just a little bit of another secret is we might be doing more. More Oh, more different shows, too. Like Knife Talk's not going anywhere, but there might be some new ones coming up. Is this breaking news? Kind of. Sing. Ooh. Yeah, give me, give me some more single track, Jeff Fader. That's what I want. More, I'm gonna basically, I'm gonna be doing more single tracks, but not, oh, not yeah. so knifey. Not so knifey. Yeah, boy. Well, pass on the best to your family, mate. We're so happy. I guess, I guess this is one of those funny things about social media. I think the world is happy. The knife making world's happy that Hillary's uh, come through. All right. Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. We've gotten such nice words, and you know, I'm I'm a, such a huge supporter of first responders and people on the front lines, and they don't they they do a job that is not well thanked and thought of, and people you know they they don't realize how much you know how much people are dealing with, and and I just you know I'm very appreciative of all the kind words that people have said, and everybody's in good shape, and we're gonna get through this. Yeah, but you give yourself a pat on the back too, man, because. Um, you have to provide a support role in that same thing too. So I don't do that. I don't do that. I like to be. I like to be the heel. I, I'm better off in being one foot in the doghouse. It's always. It's yeah. just, It's the better way to be. So. I live in the doghouse. This be is my doghouse. I am <laughs> in my doghouse. There you go. This is my doghouse, man. The outer well, guys, is a great place to be. Thank you so much, and you guys are great. Oh. Keep up the good work. Good on you, Jeff. Man, have Thanks, a good one, brother. Thanks, Jeff. Take care, bro. All right. Anytime you need me, you got me. Yeah, cheers, All man. Right, man. Cheers, man. All right, buddy. Cheers, All right. brother. All right, guys. Bye, guys. Let's loosen up. Thanks that was again. a bit tight. Right. Let's go. See you, mate. Thanks again, guys. Let's loosen right. up, boys. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. See you, Jeff. It was, Jeff. Right, you still guys. here? Take care. Yeah, good. Let's let's have some fun. <laughs> Shit, man. What the See fuck you, happened then? Fuck. You guys have all gone all full hey, serious. Worry, He's gone. You guys went all full I'll serious. I was doing the HR meeting. What? What the fuck was that? We're having this meeting. No, it's good. And it's like... You know, we had no dick jokes. There was no swearing. You guys were like on your best behavior. Who is this guy? What is Corin, it? You what? It's, it's, it's been two hours and you did not show me any pictures of uh, any booty or anything on the, on no over the phone. There's nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm thinking well, like I'm waiting yeah. for Corin to like push the phone with the tits and shit. and like, no, nah, nothing. <laughs> the tits and shit. That, I'll find a picture. The, devil, mate. No, no, I don't tits, really mean like tits and, tits shit. and shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Google images, brother. I'll get you anything no. you want. Oh, he's showing me two girls in a cup. Oh, you fucking disgusting shit. <laughs> get on, <I'd> say. <laughs> you want to describe what you're showing, Kev? 
Come on, just go. <laughs> Here we go. We're getting back to normal now. I want it. What's nasty ass done this week? Finally, a mask that helps keep people six feet away. Nice, nice. That is uh that's class, <laughs> class. That I have to say, apart from the fact that for a podcast, for a sorry, not for a podcast, for a pubcast, people are going to be a little bit worried about us. I think. I think there's going to be some questions asked. Do people know why you guys are so fucking sober tonight? Do they realise what happened last Look, time? Last fuck, the last podcast was the last pubcast that we did. It was pretty fucking messy. Yeah. There's no denying it. I woke up with a yep. fucking savage fucking hangover. I was up yep. in my work. How's this? I was up in my workshop just sitting on a fucking chair, not doing anything. Like I was in my workshop. I'd, had, I'd managed to stomach a coffee. And I'm sitting up in my workshop and I'm looking at my fucking workshop table and a friend of mine sends me a text message going, hey, you want to jump on the, the, the pushies and go for a ride down for a coffee at the lake? And that's about a seven-kilometre ride. <laughs> I just wrote back, no, I'm really fucking hungover. And they had a laugh and they go, no, no, ride will do you good. And I wrote back and said, it's half past 12 and I'm still contemplating whether I can actually stomach fucking breakfast. <laughs> it was fucked. Like, I was fucking smashed. I just discovered here before, look at that. The, I just the discovered oh, the, empty, oh, the, empty the empty whiskey bottle. from. Uh, uh, fuck. And there was a fucking wine glass still in the study, and there was a fucking empty wine bottle in the fucking study. I don't even remember drinking the wine. It, it was hard last week. The funniest thing about it was, Merck kept saying all the way through it, Oh, if we wrapped up, if we wrapped up, and you and I go, no, nah, we're still going, we're still going. But in Mert's head, we'd wrapped yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> we'd ra- <laughs> so, Where'd Mert so, go? He's not a, Mert, he's Mert he's fucked off. He's not on screen. Oh, we can talk about him now. Not that we wouldn't anyway. Where yeah. are you, Myrtle? Disconnected. Myrtle yeah, he's yurtle. fucked off. Myrtle, Myrtle the Yurtle Turtle. So we're going to have a shout out this oh, week? Oh, yeah. I need to get back to the gym. That's all that reminds me of. So, I don't know. You know this obviously, this isn't sexist at all. I'm just, some people in life have good talents. Some people have some pretty amazing talents, you know. Some people can make beautiful knives. Some people can play the piano. Now, I'm not sure if you're into this talent, but if you just look up on Instagram, N-A-S-T-Y underscore N A double S underscore Mert put me onto this. Um, <clears throat> this is just talent, man. It's talent all over. It's just years of practice, years of skill, and um, you know, frankly, I could watch it all day. Absolutely. Hey, before we went on live on the podcast, I put a post up on the knife making down under group saying that we're about to record and were there any questions to ask? All right, and good. Let's get some re- questions I- in. I was about to say, I'm not sure I really want to answer questions, but we will. Um, but I want to give a shout-out to Wade Robinson, who's been posting up a fair bit of stuff, which is good. But he's, he's put up a picture, and he's doing a big bloody skull of a glass of beer uh, in in honour of the pubcast recording about to go on. But he's asked about 
why Norton Blaze belts the best fucking belts you can use? Well, simple. They're the best fucking belts you can use. Yeah, there are others. I mean, but when there it comes others. down, when you when you compi- compare price and um, and performance, uh, when you compare those two things, it's Norton Blaze and Klingspore that are definitely miles in front of anything else. Just just when you look at you look at economy. You know, you can get more expensive yeah. ones that perform better, but they don't actually perform that much better. So, yeah. I have to say that clean spore belt, going back a couple of episodes ago where I ripped you off of a clean spore belt when I uh, rocked up to your talk at the symposium in the last seven seconds and scored a belt, I fucking knew, I used that, and my, that, that is a fucking good belt. Yeah, they're an awesome belt. They're the, the green one. You got the green one? No, the pink one, the pink one. The pink fucking, one, yeah, uh, the pink one. The pink one, the green one's even better, but the pink ones are, um, the pink one's an awesome belt, mate. I, honestly, I've got I've got now an awful lot of knife makers uh, switched over to it, and um, yeah, they're pretty happy with it. Very happy with it. I mean, price performance wise, it's Cole's favourite belt. Yeah, so. for sure. I did I did a batch of W two knives on it. Like I reckon on that one belt, I got through about fucking seven or eight knives before I was starting to have to push a little bit fucking harder than I'd want to. And I use it as a profiling cleanup belt now, and I'm getting heaps of work out of it. So, um, yeah, Northern Blaze belts are the best, but Klingspore are pretty fucking close on the follow-up at the moment. Do we he know what happened with that? What, he did yeah. ask another question, the serious question, which was, what do you guys use for backings for hand sanding? And he said that he uses a one-two-three block as its preci- precision ground and known flat surface but it's an asshole to hang on to. Mert and I did a live feed, or I joined a live feed from Mert a while back because he was doing some hand fanning. Mert uses this massive fucking bar of steel. The fucking thing is monstrous. Yeah! <laughs> it's in my hand. He's, it's he's a 38, it. It's a 38 millimeter to 4 millimeters, uh, 50 to 100. I cut down. It's like a half meter. And yes, it, it might sound like overkill, but the best thing about it is I glued the little G10 onto it, and I know my it's a it's a flat bar, it's flat, and I put a G10, and I use the scrap, I use the scrap um, sandpaper, I can just hold with the magnets, and I'm holding as wide as my shoulders, and I can really push. So that. Um that live feed that you did, Mert, was quite funny because you and I kept picking up bigger and bigger objects. <laughs> I went and grabbed the 50-kilo anvil and I'm like, I bring it over onto the camera and I'm like, fuck, I use this every day up then, fucking hand sand. <laughs> and then I've got a trolley. I actually use weights, getting back to your, getting back to anything. Mert uses a fucking half-metre wide, four-millimetre thick, 38-millimetre fucking piece of 50 with two 100. I use a quarter inch by half inch by 12 inch bar of aluminium. And I reckon it fucking does a better job than that. How do you hold the sandpaper? Carefully. You know how do I hold it? I don't because fucking magnet holds it for me. Biatch. Ooh. Magnet. Ooh. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, that's voodoo witchery shit. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. That's that's well, cheating. We don't talk about how your hands sound barrel knives because that's like three seconds worth of fucking conversation. 
What's your fucking problem with barrel knives? What else can I talk about? You asked me onto this podcast. Oh, no, I invited yeah. myself. No, you invited us, actually. Yeah, okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, Mert. Mert. I think that when something like Kev said, yeah, me and Mert are going to do a podcast, and I said, well, do you want me to join in so it actually happens? No, no, you actually said to me, do you want to do a podcast? And I went, yeah, but as long as you include Mert, because him and I are going to do one otherwise. And something like that happened, but the only other the only other answer that uh, Wade got from Ben Cutts was, "I use some aluminium flat bar." Pow, pow that two for fucking one. Aluminium. Yeah. What do you do? Aluminium yeah. flat bar. There you go. That's um. That's was Sean McIntyre's sanding sticks. He made them out of twenty mil. Aluminium square. Yeah. You remember those? Yeah, I've got them. It's an evolution. Yeah, it's cool. a, I, I don't the, use one. I the use... reality is it's an evolutionary process and you'll learn, just just keep trying different things and you'll get to one thing that fucking works and just stick with it. No, I use EDM stones. Oh, I've started I use using EDM those stones. and especially for the plunge line area and those shitty fucking little scratches. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. They're good. You guys mm. sell that set. Mm. Gamico sells that set. Fucking like eight stones for fucking fuck all money. They're fucking good. I've been making. I've been using EDM stones since me and before all the fucking internet shit. Me and Adam Adam Coombe, we went to a polishing specialist, Kemet or something, and we bought them. And fuck, it was like five hundred dollars for a set of these fucking things, and I was spewing about <clears> the price. <throat> Um, so now that we can get them at the right price, it's obviously yeah. heaps better. But anyway, that's all right. We've got more questions. Let's knock them over. Let's get this done. We're in we're in for all two right. hours and like we don't really care, but I'm not gonna epis- I'm not gonna edit that last bit hard because you guys were so that's fucking PG. Don't edit it at all. Don't edit it at all. Tame. Well, I gotta take out the cabbage, 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 joke. What cabbage, cabbage, cabbage. Joke. Don't don't worry, you missed it. It's all right. <laughs> oh, I think you had walked off. Is that when my audio went down? <laughs> So there's there's uh, what is your process for heirloom slash museum fit on a handle? I don't have a process because I don't do it. But the process is slow and steady wins the race. Market, market. Well, be I tried it. Take your time. Do it right. I tried to do an heirloom fit on the bronze barrel knife, and a lot of people didn't like that. I know I'm talking about barrel knives. I know this gets you goat, but I tried an heirloom fit and I basically, I, I rounded off, I, I set everything up so it fitted together square and flush, pulled it apart and then I rounded off the timber. So when it came back together, there was a deliberate, an obvious deliberate groove there. And then I, I sort of took the edge off the bronze as well. And I wasn't real sure, but I think I was very happy with it. I was very happy with the result, but a lot of, a lot of people didn't like that. And, um, yeah, that's that's the only experience I have doing an heirloom fit because every other time I'm always trying to blend it. Yeah. I, I just don't do them. I, what do you do, Mert? I've done, I've done them twice. I've done them twice so far. And the reason i done them this time recently with the, the Rhode Iron stuff was the 
I want to keep the force texture on the bolsters. Otherwise, I would have just glued the fucking handle and grinded and shaped it, and <laughs> there'll be spacer and fuck, bada bing, bada boom, done. You got a handle, but <clears throat> I, I wanted to keep the force texture. That's the only reason I made the heirloom or museum fit. And it's a lot more work. You have to make sure your bolster or your transition is like just slightly larger than the the previous piece and it's a lot of work but if you do it right you know there's not going to be any shrinkage due to natural material shrinking over time it's it's going to keep the shape <clears throat> almost forever oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's why i did it with the barrel knife because always with the with the um ferrules and the timber you always get the movement between the wooden and the ferrule and you always feel it you'll feel that uh, you won't feel it after you make yeah, it, but you'll feel year, it six if, months if later. Pass it through the summer or winter. One has a one is metal, the other one is a wood. It's going to fucking move. Yeah. So. yeah. So what? So to go through it, an heirloom or museum fit for the people that like don't have any idea. Uh, who wants but, to do an explanation for that? So, so no? this one wasn't. So what I've done was I've done an integral knife. Usually when I make an integral knife, I grind the blade and I cut my shoulder on the bolster and I glue the handle and I shape the knife while the integral bolster is attached. This time what I had to do was with the heirloom finish, heirloom fit, you have to make the pieces individually separate. So I had to measure the bolster size and based upon the size of the end of the bolster, I had to make my handle and I had to constantly fit and check the handle, making sure it's slightly oversized, like a half a mil throughout the bolster, like from the top, from the sides, from the bottom. So distance was same. I did the same thing for the spacer. And so you also round the, you round the corners, you knock the corners off on the both sides. So the tip of the handles, corners are knocked off. The spacers, corners are knocked off, so it's completely rounded. And you also knock off the corners of the integral bolster. So there's a little, like a little, so it's not fully flush, but it comes like a little step. <laughs> so, fuck you, Ken. So, um, huh? what, man? <laughs> to summarize... <laughs> What Mert's trying to say is... An heirloom fit is when things are not flush, they're slightly oversized to allow for expansion. And rounded. It's not that, you fucking dickhead. Google heirloom fit of a knife. <laughs> what are you asking us for? Fuck. We don't make heirloom shit. Who's, who asked that shit? Who asked that shit? That was Nick Tanner. He's a good guy. He knew he knew we were going to fucking stumble on that, you fucker. We could just make it up, though. We could just make it up because we could just say, we've watched every video on YouTube, and I've watched every video on YouTube twice. And so the heirloom fit is blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to make it up, though. We just... Yeah. I don't do it. I've only tried it once, and I was <clears> told <throat> I didn't do a very good job of it, even no, though look, I liked it. I, I fucking hate every people... Day. I hate people calling, giving names to the knives they make. But I'm going to call this knife that I made with the hairline finish, I'm going to call this knife Donda. You guys want to ask the meaning of why I'm going to call Don, it Donda? Donda. 
Yeah. Yeah, tell us. Done once, never doing again. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, fuck I thought it was going to be like, don't uh, do that again. But it's very close. <laughs> Done once, never doing again. Very good. So Stephen Eads, just a shout out, mate. Looking forward to listening. Uh, sorry, we haven't been as animated as we have been in the past, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think we are still hungover from last week. Probably. Yeah. I didn't even. Was- you and I, honestly, seriously, this evening, you and I did not fucking know what day it was. I had to go and check my phone this evening when you said, are we on at nine? And I'm like, for what? <laughs> You're like, isn't it Thursday? And I was like, I better check. Oh, fuck, look at that. It's Thursday. Strange days. So um, Ambrose Volkovsky uh, has just asked, can we sort the audio levels? Uh, it's a running yes and no. It's a running, It's a running thing, mate. We're doing our best with what we've got. Yeah, we need somebody to step up to do the editing for us and sort that out because we're trying to do it ourselves. And fa- and frankly, look, well, I'm trying to do it. And frankly, look, I'm like a, I'm fucking, uh, I'm I'm Mozart of, or maybe a better, I'm Picasso of video of audio editing. I'm a Picasso of audio editing, and he wasn't a fucking audio editor either. So just get over it. Now, the, the, if somebody wants to volunteer to do it. We'd be most well. You'd be most welcome. Tonight's going to be a bit hard. I'm going to go through and try and sort it. But we had three people on three different mics, and uh, uh, Kevin and Mert, for example, will come in really nice. But Fader was quiet and fading in and out. We call him Fader because he was fading in and out. And I'll be doing my best in the in post to try and bring his audio to a consistent level. But it's going to be a hard a hard task. So, you know, uh, frankly. We're doing our best on what is a very limited budget. On a question, hey, speaking of budget, fellas, how's about we have a little fundraiser? What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. How's about we sell some fucking shirts? We love shirts. Kev loves shirts. I love shirts. Stop. Stop right there. Stop. What? I think T-shirts at the moment, according to our listeners, are a a mythical being, a mythical thing. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot, but nothing's happened. But, but we, I reckon that you, I, we all know, you, me, and Mert, we all know, we've been doing the hard fucking yards in the back end of this fucking thing. Yeah, we have, haven't we? we? We have, haven't we? We. We have. Yeah, we. we. Collect, collect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've just been answering a couple of emails every now and then. We're like, is that what you fuckers have been up to? Anyway. Coro, let's let's tell the listeners about the fucking fundraiser okay. because we don't look. Gamaco sponsors the podcast. The sponsorship of the podcast is, like I said, your time in editing and the cost of hosting this up. But yeah, you know, it adds up. We're not getting anything out of this. We do it for a bit of fun, but we'd like to have a bit of coin in the kitty so to say so that on the rainy days we we, we know we can fucking do an extra episode so Corin, tell them about the fucking deal that we've got with t-shirts okay so two of our listeners have contributed designs for t-shirts and uh and we like both of them and we had a bit of an argument about which one was the best one and all the rest of it so what we decided was 
we're going to sell two shirts at 30 bucks each. It'll be 60 bucks for, for the shirts and $9 to get them into a prepaid Australia Post satchel. So you'll get 69 bucks. You'll get them. And then we added 69 cents to make it 69.69 because we found that funny. <laughs> Cool. Where is it? And that's that's pretty much how it ends. So the price is sixty nine sixty nine, and it's two t shirts. One of them is tools that make tools, knife making down under podcast, and we reckon, well, you know, if the shirt fits, wear it. Yeah. And the other one is um, complicated design, multicolor from Andrew Smith, the guy that does all of the amazing shirts for the Knife Art Association, and Andrew's designed uh, designed us up a shirt. Our podcast, Pubcast, Three Tops Blokes shirt. Uh, it has Fuck You Kev written on it too, which Kev not real happy about. But, but you know, you know, <laughs> Fuck You Kev, really? And, um, yeah, and that's where we're at. So those two shirts, will be yeah. we'll be taking pre-sales for them probably by the time that this episode comes out. We'll run the pre-sales probably until – so you can jump in and order them and we'll get a run of them done. And if you don't want to miss out, get in on the pre-sale. And your support will be most, most helpful. 30 bucks a shirt, which is pretty standard for a T-shirt. And like I say, nine dollars for postage. So you know, we're not trying to make a million dollars here, but we want to give you guys a souvenir, and we yeah. also want to see our shirts coming out at, at the shows and and uh, shirt of the day too, because you know why not? Yeah, and like I said, it's going to support the podcast and keep us going. Um, you're getting something for it, um, and, and like I said, the, the designs are pretty cool. We put out going back a long time ago. We put out the call out for people to put a design through, and like we said, we got two people out of however many. Two, two, three, four, five. We've got 23 listeners now. I guess say 23 listeners. 23 two listeners. Two of them came through with the goods with a T-shirt design. We've gone back and forward with both of those people a couple of times to sort of refine things a little bit. And like I said, we think the two of them both hold very good merit. And, um, yeah, look, you know, everyone needs extra T-shirt. Chip in, grab a couple, wear them in your workshops, think of us. And, uh, yeah, we, we, like I said, we would appreciate it. It's good value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, a bit of history, a bit, uh, bit of, you know, you can go back, hey, remember these guys? Oh, I've got the T-shirt. That's, uh, that's great because when we're like all fucking livers are fucked <laughs> and we're, we're all, we can't do it. <laughs> so, anyway, look, just, just putting it out there. And, yeah, as, as Kev said, money's raised will go towards keeping this thing going because, you know, this whiskey, mate, it's 50 fucking bucks a bottle, so... <laughs> yeah, this this isn't cheap. Actually, this one's a hundred bucks. My collection, my collections. Yeah, fuck you. I'll, this is another duty free purchase. You don't go out of town that much. It's not possible. No, when I go to Queanbeyan, I'll get duty free. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, fair call, fair call. Yeah, and fireworks. Is that a thing too? No, nah, not All right, anymore. So no, not anymore. All right. All right. So Mert's falling asleep in the corner there. Do we want to answer any more questions? Is there anything else there? Oh, difficult ones. No, too hard. As in time-wise. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we're not going to do what's got our beef because if we did, we'd be talking about things that would get me in trouble. We don't do that shit. We don't do that shit. We do do other other shit. Matt, have you got a lullaby? Have you got a bedtime song for everyone? No, I just want to recommend a lullaby that I heard. It's from Samuel L. Jackson. It's called As Go to Fuck the Bed. Because that's what I want to sing to my fucking kids. Okay, when this lock, when this lockdown happened, I had this great idea that I'll be teaching my kids lifelong lessons, like the things that changed the history of mankind, the the Magna Carta, 
the, the discovery of the new continent, the American continent, or the, the French Revolution, I was thinking about saying those, but since my kids, also known as little assholes, they're not listening, our conversations and our classes at home now, they're getting borderline the same with my fucking dog. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm really saying, we're, we're at this stage, like, sit, sit, I told you to sit, eat, eat, don't move, don't move. Okay, so in in regards to that, I want to see, I want to recommend the lullaby. It's a beautiful story. It's been uh, it's been composed by Samuel L. Jackson. It's known as "Go to Fuck the Bed." You can look up on YouTube. He won't do justice. I... No, I'm not fucking singing tonight. No, you got to sing it. No, you got to try. All right, listeners, you heard it here first. Mert is not going to sing you a lullaby. What do you think about it? Get onto the group Knife Making Down Under, start a post, start a campaign, start a poll, start a protest. Guys, we're not happy either. You know, uh, it's going to come up in his next performance review, be, be assured. His next performance review is going to be pretty shit because I'm going to be fucking tired because he can't sing me a fucking lullaby. Rock away, baby. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> this is no good, Mert. Yeah. No, you got to do better than that, brother. Got to do better than that. What is that? Yeah. I used to sing my own version of that song. Yeah. I used to, I fucking, that's a weird song, yeah. right? When you sing it to the kids, Rock a Bye Baby, that's a fucking weird song, right? I used to sing it. I used to fuck the words up and say, Rock a Bye Baby. Rock, how's it go? Rock a Bye Baby in the treetops. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and Dad will catch baby cradle and all. Oh, That's how I used to say it. You know what? Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. I know you're in it for me, Kev. <clears throat> I saw. I look. I looked at the look of scorn on Mert's face, who's been singing, Good night, sweetheart. It's time to go. Bum, bum. <laughs> Do you think we should finish every episode with that? Do you wanna? Do you wanna add it? Do you I wanna can, add it on the every? I can yeah, do it. I can do it, but I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather Mert did something special because, like, you know. Yeah, you're. You know, we've got to be a bit original. Your challenge, Mert. You could sing. Your challenge. Good for night, the next Craig. I'm thinking of you. <laughs> Good night, Craig. You're what I wanna do. Oh, oh fuck. Bob, Bob. <laughs> 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 Edit, edit. Poor Mert's just gone red. <laughs> edit my fucking ass. We had Fader on. He's a good sport. He's a fucking good fella. He is a good fella. Yeah, I don't know why you guys went all fucking vanilla. That was lame. He's, he's a fucking. I was trying to be not shit faced. Last episode, after two and a half fucking bottle of wine, I was like, yeah, that guy. That guy's fucking cunt. This guy, fuck him. I know. I edited all that out. I remember. The last episode, I had people contacting me just go, fuck, that was funny when you said this and that. And I'm like, what? Did I really say that? (laughs) I listened to it in the edit and I'm going through it going, oh, fuck. Like, we just got to fucking not make jokes that you just can't. We've been pretty good. Yeah. I only had one glass of wine leading before the podcast, and I've only had two. Well, okay, let's say that out of the two glasses of whiskey, there's probably about a fucking quadruple shot in each. But 
But it's not like it's not like we're drunk this time. I, I, I had a bottle of wine. That's all. Yeah, no, nah, just it just was a bit vanilla. I was a bit I was a bit saddened by it. I think we have got to get Fader back uh, when we're back uh, when we're feeling a bit loose and just like rough him up a bit. Yes, I maybe think, he won't I, drink in the mornings. But we're not we're not we're not fucking. If we get up in the morning at his time, if we get up at eight, like that's early enough to start drinking. <laughs> we could have a pubcast with him in the states, and we'll just start drinking at eight. Yeah, day drink. Brecky beers. And he can fucking night drink. And he'll feel better. And like we're Australian, so that's kind of, no. you know, as Henning said, that's how we get our personality. Did Henning say that? Yeah, didn't you listen to the fucking podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he was mean to us. If you were, if you actually listened to it, he's actually been quite mean to us. What, I, maybe that was because when his wife came into view, I said, Fucking hell, Henning, you're punching above your weight. That's about the only thing I really remember in that conversation. <laughs> and that wasn't the worst thing you said to his wife either, brother. <laughs> Don't you remember? Yeah, no. Don't you remember? So? <laughs> yeah, I do. I live in regret my whole. I live in regret the whole life. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a review and follow us on your favorite podcast channel. And, uh, yeah, sorry it was a bit vanilla tonight, but, you know, Mert, uh, Mert can't handle his drink. Yeah, Mert, good on you, mate. Learn to drink. Hey, Colin. Colin. What? This is what, something mate? I usually keep for Kevin, but fuck you, Colin. I, I'm offended. He called me Kevin. Krevin. <laughs> I, think it's, I, <laughs> I think it's time to say goodnight. Thanks very much to Jeff Bader, our special guest. Yeah. who kindly took it upon himself. He crashed answer. the episode. Let's be honest. He crashed oh. our episode and tried to nah. take it over. Nah. Well, he is like that. That's what he likes to do. Yeah. Especially when And he, then he wants to come back. Especially Did when you he hear that? And he likes our episodes. Especially when he called us knife talk down under. Fuck. Honestly. No, no, knife, yeah, knife talk down under. That was a low blow. Yeah. I still want to make that shirt. That was one of my designs, knife talk down under. Cross out the knife talk and put knife making. Just just make it otherwise exactly the same as their shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and just cross out knife talk, put knife making yeah. down under. Let's wear it to just, white show. Drink up, bitches. They're fucking <laughs> oath. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, there we are. See you later. Say your cabbages. Enjoy, Thanks for listening. Enjoy a not so hungover. Enjoy a not so hungover Friday. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>